1: Welcome to another evening of front row material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined by my uh, my follicly challenged friend. He is the Rit. He is looking good as always, my friend Ritt, How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing not too bad, Freeland. Uh, you know, here in here in the new uh, the new man man office here. The new man office. I like it. It looks good. That looks uh,
1: looks almost as good as you do. I can't always look as good as me. But you know what? You come in a close second. How has life been treating you since the last time we talked?
2: A lot of downs, little ups. You know? Got got some good good news though, good announcements?
1: Good. Hey, we love good announcements here on the show. Um, I have some announcements as well to talk about before uh before we get into it here. I'm going to adjust my Matt and Nick Jackson action figures over here by my computer love these guys man i tell you what Jazzwares does a fantastic job with these action figures i mean the articulation is just incredible and the facial features are awesome uh just just loving them loving them and i hear you have a you have a beef uh a beef with uh with the baby face
2: baby face bug shafted me hardcore
1: well, I tell you what, what you hey, what you choose to do behind closed doors is completely your own business.
2: Uh, okay. Let me let me paint the picture. Picture this. Sicily. Sicily Nineteen
1: twenty-four.
2: Oh, 84. my bad. Eighty-four. Yes, eighty-four. I'm sitting there, you know, driving the Walmart, and I get a little uh, picture going.
1: You got a little pixies going, a little uh
2: and I look down. Guess what it is? I I can't imagine. It is a bunch of AEW Series Six action figures. Okay, I'm like, oh shit! It's from my good buddy Babyface Bug. Babyface Bug didn't even text him. Called him. Oh, nothing. Nothing. nothing? Texted him. Did he? I want. I want these. Tried calling again right away. Huh. Nothing. I go and text him. He texts me back. Dude, I already left. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, Boog, is it
1: Boog or what did you call him? Babyface Boog. Babyface Boog. So, Boog he- finds these action figures. Yes. Oh, we know he was born 45 minutes ago. There's no doubt about that. In fact, there's probably still placenta on the floor, but we'll get to that. So, he has the audacity, the unmitigated gull to send you a picture
2: yes after
1: he's already left the store
2: yes and there were figures there there was there was plenty
1: if if boog if boog is listening boogster i should be the guy hold on and we were talking about this earlier the rich don't get richer okay the poor should get richer but, why, am I not, why am I not getting these text messages? Why am I not
2: seeing these these? But pics? Freeland, why would the man go to you when he knows he can get paid from me?
1: Oh, <laughs> you you are in rare fashion tonight. Why come to me when he knows he'll get paid from you? Why are you thinking that I would not pay the man? I did pay the man the last time he got action figures for me. Boog can confirm that.
2: I, I'm just showing them all.
1: Yeah. But you've already got a ton, dude. Seriously. But I but I don't have Series 6. When is your wife... When Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I never got... Whoa! You whoa, son of
2: a bitch. Whoa! You, no, this is not accurate. This is not accurate. He got uh, payment. The, Freeland, I must say, I'm going to agree with, and believe you. Why? Can't trust babyface. No. Nope. Can't do
1: it. So you're so, ups, you're upset with Boog right now because
3: he his Oh, wife,
2: oh, oh. This I believe. I got a payment from Megan, not Freeland. You're having the wife pay the bill, skis, huh?
1: You need to really put that on the screen? You really oh. need to put that in the chat there, Boogster? Huh? Can't believe it. Hey. Uh, let's so let's get to this really quick. What figures did he have? What figures did he send the picture of?
2: Oh, the whole Series 6.
1: They were all at the Walmart?
2: All. Boog. Bo- Boog, you
1: know. You know how hard I look for these
2: things. Hakuro
1: Shida. I'd love that. Phoenix. I'd love Phoenix. I'd love yeah. Phoenix. MJF.
2: Jack Hagar. Pentagon. They're all there. If there was a way I could ban Boog. For 24 hours, I would. We should. A we're person. just gonna we're just gonna ignore him. How's that sound?
1: Well, he didn't get a hold of you, and even though you do have a lot of figures, I mean you do, let's be honest. You have more than the average person probably has. You have really? every series up to the current. Am
2: I correct? No, I, I'm missing series five. So you, and you five you, and six.
1: Okay, but didn't you tell me you're gonna buy series five soon? Yeah. Okay.
2: But but if I could have bought Series 6. What, so
1: was all of the figures he had the full Series? Yeah. How I many are mean, in Series?
2: Series 6.
4: No, six. but how, how many? Six. six?
2: I yeah, know but, Freeland, yeah, I have a lot. I probably have more invested in my AEW action figures. Than
1: you do your retirement.
2: Than you do on your cell phone.
1: You know I use prepaid.
2: Exactly.
1: You know, I don't put a lot of money in this phone.
2: Exactly. That, that's why. Let's pull the curtain back a little bit. Picture this Sicily, 1993. I'm talking to you. Yeah. On the way home from picking up Meg's car. And uh, I purposely say right in front of Meg's that I might end up having to put you on my phone plan so I can get a hold of you.
1: You had a conversation with my wife
2: about... No, I had a conversation with you, and she overheard her. She Remember, she was completely busted up laughing.
1: I don't remember that conversation ever happening.
2: Uh, Do we need to get her on?
1: No, we do not. She is resting.
2: So, yeah.
1: yep. Never stops, does it?
2: Never stops. No. The hits keep coming. Yes, yes. ECW fan, she does wear the pants in that relationship.
1: Well... You know the hits are going to come when they come from a Yankee
2: baseball bat. Yeah, baby. Oh, good Lord. How about my
1: Cincinnati Reds? I tell you what, they may be making a push for the National League. Nick Castellanos came Mm -hmm. back. He is. He came back from that that fractured wrist.
2: Liking what I'm seeing. uh, You should. But speaking of Yankees.
1: Yep, let's talk about Yankees.
2: Let's talk about a Yankee fan. Let's
1: talk about a Yankee fan.
2: Let's talk about the newest addition to Future Stars Now. Yes. Do you want to like make the announcement, Freeland?
1: I mean, you've already started. Would you like to continue and finish it or would well, you like to repeat it?
2: I was trying to set you up. Oh, to, okay. For, That's for you what to, you're trying. Come on, you, you fish all the time.
1: I do fish all the time. You know, but when I'm, you say but I'm when you say you say set me up means you threw me a softball and then I hit it, not fishing. You know, you kind of threw me off there.
2: Yeah, we're throwing everybody off.
1: Our good friend Kate Hensler, who's uh Kate on Deck IC, you follow her on Twitter, she is uh is going to be working in conjunction with us. We're very excited about that. And she actually was on location, she was a correspondent this past weekend. And we're going to talk about where she was, what she saw, and all the details about that. That's going to be coming up in the show
2: tonight. Yeah, I, I it's a huge addition to us it only makes us better and it takes not very much but no i i love that she she was willing to go the distance went out there to yep. binghamton, binghamton new york binghamton new york not too far well for me not you just just, just for us she went out there for frm yeah to uh, to get her little toesies in the water to to see see how it was and She went to Excite Wrestling.
1: I don't think she needs to get her toes in the water. She's pretty – I mean, like, let's be honest here.
2: I I, When she went and told us that, I had no idea. Like, does she actually sit back and watch herself? Like, you and I could just go off the screen and she could run the show herself.
1: Well, I mean, she's she's very accomplished when it comes to wrestling, and I think that's a big thing. When you know your stuff and you know what you're talking about, that's what it's all about. Exactly, and – I'm just I'm just a pretty face. I don't know what that makes you, but
2: I I just book the talent.
1: What you do, you're the you're the booker man,
2: Uh, and and apparently not a very good one. Tonight,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know the thing about booking guests is that it's it's very much a crapshoot, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way towards the guest. Meaning things come up quickly. Uh, things change quickly. Life changes quickly. And no matter how well you plan for something to happen or for something to work out, sometimes they just don't. And you got to be able to adjust with that and go on the fly.
2: Exactly. And it, it was quite ironic. I was talking to, actually, both Jerry and Mikey in the past couple hours. You're getting phone calls from uh, my tag team partners? Yeah, well, well, yeah. Jerry uh, talk about 10 minutes, you know, a, a week average, maybe every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the way to the airport. Cause so he's going out to I call it Ritzburg PA.
1: Oh, but he calls it Britsburg, PA. Oh uh,
2: yes. And and I said, Well, if you're there, I don't mind uh doing a little one-on-one shoot. See see whose is better, Britsburg. From Dr. Britt Baker or Ritzberg from the writ. Jerry's words were, she'd eat you alive. Oh, she would. So I'm like, okay, we're good.
1: She, she'd eat your lunch.
2: So, but yeah, he was on his way there and we, we were doing a little chit chatting. He, he said that he, he loves the direction we are, you know, concentrate on the young talent.
1: Well, Jerry's got an eye for talent, so he likes the fact that we are headed in a new direction. We are taking the show to uh, an area that has not yet been tapped into previously.
2: Area 51?
1: I'm a big Area 51 fan.
2: Uh, let's go. It, yeah, I it, love it. While we're out there, you know, I can slap Boog around a little bit.
1: We should pick We should pick Boog up, drive out to Area 51, and then leave his ass just leave him right out there in the in the desert I can't believe he did that to you the just and you think you know people and you think you understand people and then they do this kind of stuff
2: exactly
1: unbelievable unacceptable I get no respect around here nothing nothing so anyway uh so no guest here in the eight o'clock in the eight o'clock hours you probably have already noticed already. It's the Ritzter and I and uh, Kate, the correspondent is going to be coming through. Uh, She's in a hurricane right now. She's uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's batting down the hatchets and she's trying to make sure that everything stays afloat in uh,
2: in New Jersey. In Jersey.
1: Yeah. She's in Jersey and she's not even a Jets fan. That kind of stuff bothers me.
2: She's in Jersey. She's not a Giants fan.
1: Why would you be a Giants fan? Because. I think you and I are going to be at odds with each other because MetLife Stadium is the home of the New York Jets. It is not the home of the New York Giants.
2: Um, excuse me?
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't hear you fart, but you're excused.
2: Well, well we just got an update from Kate. She looked outside. And there are lines down. Outlook, very cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> you just looked at your watch. Yeah. I have an Apple. Fre- okay, Freeland. Oh. Okay, here in 2021. Uh, here it is. The for, rich get richer. Yeah, for, the action figures and now it's the, watches. Uh, for, for the upper class, we, I've got an Apple Watch. And and think about an, the Apple Watch for a minute. Think back to like 1984, 85, 86. Yeah. For show Knight Rider. Yeah. Did you ever in a 40 years, 50 years think – Man, we're gonna be able to talk on our watch just like he him,
1: like Michael Knight. Yeah, I did not think that would be possible. You know, although I I did hold out hope. Um, can you and talk th- on your watch right now?
2: Yeah, you want me to call you?
1: Well, why would you need to call me?
2: L- Let me call Bug. I can call him out live in the air.
1: We should try. We should try to get. Uh, we should try to get uh, the Katester on on the on audio, but. Uh, Let me text. See if we can get her on audio. So the moral of the story is, kids, if you are a friend and you know somebody wants something, then what you have to do is you have to go that extra mile and you have to help them out. You know, people know that I am a big action figure fan. And Boob didn't even have the decency to contact me to say, hey, hey, you know what, Freeland? I would love to go ahead and get you an action figure. Or I would like to at least give you the heads. I didn't even get the picture. Rick, you're gonna to have to forward me that picture because was this at a Walmart he was at, or was this at a Target? Yes. This was at a Walmart. I'm really taken back right now.
2: I'm gonna try to get her.
1: Oh, Boog says it's a tar it was at a target.
2: It doesn't matter. They're all the same.
1: No, it's it's not all the same. You're a mess. You realize that? You are a hot-blooded mess.
2: I just sent her the link to her phone, told her she was supposed to join Just Audio. Target, Target. is higher class. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care if it's a 7-Eleven. If they saw AEW action figures, I'm going to get them.
1: Now, would you do that for me, though, if you realize that you, you had what you needed? Would you contact me? Liam Savage in, uh, in Canada, our second favorite Canadian, actually got a hold of me, and he said he has some action figures. He was worried about the duty.
2: What? I thought you you went to the bathroom before we started.
1: Well, I did, but, you know, I have issues. I may have to go again. Uh, But no, he said that it was the duty that may be an issue with this. Is there a duty issue if he sends it to me? I didn't think there was. I thought it was if I send it to him.
2: I, I have no idea. I didn't think there was. Hmm. So. I don't know. Well, Freeland, yes. Let's uh let's talk about this Saturday.
1: Let's talk about Saturday. PPW. It's going to be a big major event that's going to be happening in Pennsylvania. It is um, something that we've been looking forward to for the last several weeks. Ever since we had both the owners of PPW on, so we're excited about that. And their big event is going to be called Aerial Assault. So let me ask you this question. How did this whole PPW FRM Future Stars Now relationship happen? You were kind of the catalyst behind all this.
2: Well, a, a couple a uh, couple buddies of mine actually worked for PPW. Nice, and you know, I was talking to them about what we do on Future Stars Now and, and what our plan is and stuff, and they're like, "Here, here's Anthony's uh, number." Send him, send him out uh, a little reach. Tell him your ideas, and you know, see what he thinks. And wow, you know, it didn't take take long. You know, as you know, you and I had a had a sit down interview with him and Paul. You know, almost immediately, and then we brought him on as guests. And you know, they uh, they they were all for us. And you know, this Saturday we're gonna hit the ground running. So.
1: Now do I, we have do we do we still have the big uh the promo video the the commercial that's airing right now, which people can find out about where and when and where to get their tickets at? yes, we do wow, so there is an amendment to the card though correct
2: yes, yes, and we will be talking about that match at the top of the hour we will that will be a replacement for Mr. Brian Cage.
1: So Brian Cage will not be on the card. However, we do have a replacement for Brian Cage, which we'll be excited to mention. Um, There's so many different people. I'm I'm on their website right now, and... As you heard in the commercial, you can get your tickets if you go right to the website. It's super, super easy. Um, You can buy tickets. You can buy merch. You click under the shop tab, and it gives you all the information. So if you want to go ahead and click on buy tickets, click on the blue meanies face, and you can go ahead and click right there, and it'll take you right where you need to go to buy tickets. Super easy, super easy. Now, where are you in regards to, uh, is it Broadhurst?
2: Yeah, hour away, tops. Nice. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. So, as I'm
1: clicking on here, it is, it says $20 to get in rows two and three. Um, you can pick how many you want. You can put your quantity right here, load it right into your cart, and you're good to go. I mean, I would not wait till the day of the show to get tickets for the simple fact that we have been told that tickets already are going quickly, so you don't want to be one of those people that says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna to go to the show tonight," and then there's no show tickets. So don't don't be one of them people.
2: Exactly, uh, front row sells out almost immediately. The the because they they do it along the lines of first come first serve is got people at the show can buy for the next show. So wow, bam! You want front row seats? You got to go to the show to get front row seats for the next show. It's amazing, you know. And we want to do a little rundown of the card. I think we should do a rundown. I like it. What we're going to do is we're going to start from the top. One of our good friends, Ms. P-P-Poo-Poo, Erica Lee. Erica Lee, P-P-Poo-Poo herself.
1: We saw her on an episode recently. Yep.
2: Making her P-P-W debut because of a good connection that she knew. Takes on the longest reigning PPW Women's Champion, Ms. Christina Marie. Christina Marie,
1: ooh, that should be a good match.
2: Man, I can't wait. And well, we have a little uh, a little thing of what Christina's going to sit there and talk about. You ready? Let's go ahead I and cue have it been up.
5: Representing pure. Professional wrestling for the past couple of years for this company. And if you think you're gonna come here and disrespect
6: with your goofy, pee pee, poo poo bullshit, Erica you got another thing coming.
5: <laughs> I'm gonna force you to take this business seriously. Pump on this bitch.
1: Oh, my gosh. She's got her face all X'd out as well. That's not good. Not good for our our good friend, Erica.
2: Man, it it looks like Christina Marie is somebody you do not want to mess with. No, I don't think you want to mess with her. She takes this business seriously. You know, she held that women's title for PPW for two years. And Erica Lee is coming in there. And you know how she likes to have fun, you know. Very much so. Honk, honk, pee-pee, poo-poo. Hey, hey. She sit there, and she took everybody to the limit at the Pooper 8
1: tournament. Not to be confused with what it's actually known as the Super 8 tournament.
2: And, man, Erica Lee, good luck to you. But, man, Christina Marie looks like she's just a bulldozer wanting to plow right through you.
1: Love your descriptions. A bulldozer looking to plow through you. You, my friend, you're good with words.
2: Hey, I try.
1: You are a czar of vocabulary. Hey, what, what kind of room are you in? What the hell is that? Is that like the, uh, the uh-oh, uh-oh, I see an animal.
2: Oh, my God. That's ah, my dog up here. Until, uh, until the sun gets back from football practice. Nice.
1: So, um, when it comes to Erica Lee, let me ask you this question. What is your confidence level that she's going to be able to come in on her debut match and pull out a victory in foreign territory?
2: Man, it's just. I it's, say a seven. I'll say a seven just because I know if she gets the crowd going, man. That, Freeland, <laughs> right, right here, buddy, right here. Eyes up here.
1: Did, did your dog? Does your dog have a cone on his head? Yes, he does. May I ask why?
2: Well, because uh, he he has a he's part Shar so he kind of has that really dry skin, and we have to put lotion on his on him, so we don't want him to. Chew at him, you know, any worse. So we put the cone on so it dries.
1: Fair enough. I won't ask any more. Who else we got on the card?
2: Okay, next up, I'm going to sit there and share this real quick.
1: I think the dog knew we were talking about him. I think he's leaving. You put a cone on him.
7: Mm, 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 mm.
1: This this new room you're in is it like slanted? Like uh, is there like a wall that's like slanted? You kind of got like a bonus space going here. You got like a Jerry Lynn bonus space. Is I, that slanted?
2: It's, it's, it's slanted. I'm in the attic.
1: You got a little Andrew Lloyd Wright going here. What's what's up with all this? And
2: and. So let me get a hair shirt.
1: You're queuing it up and your dog's licking. He's doing something behind you. It's it's just very.
2: He's just sitting.
1: He's sitting and spinning. So when it comes to PPW, if you have not gotten a chance to see the interview that we did with the owners, I would highly recommend you go back and it should be on where should that interview be at? If
2: you go and sur- on YouTube and search, you could definitely find the interview right on, right on there, right
1: on our YouTube page. Yeah.
2: Yes, just type in the search bar "frm pod," uh, front row material. We're right there. Click on it, and while you're there,
1: hit the follow button. Hit the follow and like button. That's all you got to do. It doesn't cost you anything. Just hit the follow and like button. All right, let's move on here. So we got to know. Limits championship and it's a tables match. So walk me through exactly what happens in a no limits championship
2: table match. Well, the low no limits champion is Mr. Isaac rules. He is a a good personal friend of mine and it's just, there's no limits. It's kind of like the X division. It doesn't matter what waste, what waste class you're in. Uh, Right now, next week, he'll be going up against Rembrandt with Cosmic, and it is going to be a tables match. And man, this is going to be one that you're not going to want to miss. Isaac rules is just pure power,
1: you know. So so Isaac has been, I would assume, the no limits champion for quite a while now, and it, it looks like Rembrandt is wanting to dethrone him and Go ahead and get that championship away and and take his career to the next level. And that was Cosmic. That was with him.
2: Yes. And we have a little promo here to show you a little bit about Rembrandt.
1: Let's check out Rembrandt.
2: Let's head to the tape. Not sure what's going on there in the background, but.
1: <laughs> I wasn't exactly quite sure what was happening either, but I I feel the intensity. I think Rembrandt was uh, was channeling his, his inner thoughts to try to figure out what he's going to be able to do to take this no limits championship away in a tables match.
2: Yeah. And, man, you've got Cosmic there. She, she sit there and she's helped him out plenty of times, you know. But. Isaac rules, He's got. he's going to need eyes in the back of his head. Yeah, I, when it comes to Isaac, I, I think he's one of those
1: guys who's got a lot of brute force and strength. I mean, he comes from Williamstown, Pennsylvania. He's a big dude. Uh, he's well over 300 pounds. He's known as relentless. Um, he has a career in powerlifting. And, I mean, when you look at a guy like this, he's very much built like a fireplug. Um, and, and what I mean when I say that is that he's low center of gravity. When you look at him, he is, he's he got muscle stacked on top of muscle. But you know what? It's not just about how much muscle you have because in wrestling, sometimes it's the mind that can be the most powerful muscle that you use. And in Rembrandt, I'm very, very ex- excited to see what Rembrandt is going to be bringing to the table to try to counteract Isaac Rule.
2: And see, I know Isaac personally, and you hit the nail right on the head. This man is pure power. You would look at him and you're like, man, he's probably slow, though. He's not. For a man his size, he's got a little agility. He's got speed. And he's got a little martial arts background. So Rembrandt's going to have to utilize everything, including Cosmic, to get him through a table. Because if rules has it his way, he's going up, down, through the table, match over, pack a lunch. You're going home, kid.
1: Well, if you're familiar with AEW Dark, uh, a lot of people that we bring on this show have had experience and have been booked on AEW Dark. And so has Rembrandt. Um, so if you've seen the show before or you'd like to go back and watch... Uh, prior episodes of AEW Dark. You definitely can on YouTube. And Rembrandt was on there as well. He's definitely a traveled man. Um, He's been in a lot of different promotions. However, I feel like, as I said before, his mind is probably one of his best assets. And I think what he's going to do is he's going to paint his masterpiece when it comes to this tables match. And it seems like if his plan doesn't work, he always has a fallback plan do you see the big heavy he's got in there with him as well I mean that guy I I don't know if I necessarily would would be very happy if I saw him walking down ringside with Rembrandt
2: exactly so this this match is going to be a toss-up I'm going to say 50-50 it could go either way
1: I love tables matches do you have a favorite tables match of all time that you've seen? I mean, I know there's been a lot of TLC matches and whatnot, but do you have a favorite tables match that you really, really enjoyed?
2: I would have to say, uh, the first one, WWE, the Dudleys versus the Hardys. That to me, that, that was, that that was poetry in motion.
1: Now with a tables match, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the first person who puts their opponent through a table is the one who's the victor. Am I correct in that?
2: Correct. and unless it's a tag match, then that person's eliminated, and you have to put both opponents through the table.
1: Hmm. So, what would your strategy be if you were in a tables match yourself? Would you immediately go for the tables and try to set it up in the ring, or would you try to work your opponent and wear them down a little bit? What would be your your forte?
2: Me personally, I would possibly like to double team one guy, get him out of commission. Get him out of the match. Then, uh, you know, you both get to work on the other guy and put him through the table.
1: True. But if you're a one-on-one match, you don't really have that luxury of doing that. So do you think you work on a body part? Do you think you, you lay out this elaborate plan or do you think that you take it just the normal way you would take a match, but when he's ready, you go ahead and you put him through.
2: Well, Rule number 1 seeing all these tables matches you never ever set up a table unless you plan on using it right away good point next thing you know you set up a table outside 5 10 minutes goes by you're on the apron someone's sitting there drop kicking you you go through the table and you and you lose you never set up the table unless you're going to use it immediately
1: don't set it up and and and, and don't <laughs> and don't try to <laughs> double team some guy that's uh, that's that's not going to work not in most matches and not in most scenarios in life. But who are you picking for this one? I mean, obviously, you got Rule, who's a big guy. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I think that he could almost be described almost kind of like a rhino uh, if you want to compare him as far as the way his body is built. And then obviously Rembrandt, which is more of a, I don't want to say a cruiserweight, but I want to say he's somewhere between a cruiserweight and a heavyweight.
2: Well, Freeland, you don't know this man like I do.
1: This is true. I don't know this
2: man. If I don't choose Isaac Rule, I'm going to go through a table. Isaac Rule's hands down.
1: Isaac Rule, there we go. You have him taking it.
2: Next up, we're going to talk about one of the semifinal matches in the World Heavyweight Title Tournament. Ooh. Yes. We've got... The last entertainer, Encore, taking on Mr. Keller himself. Hmm. I love me, Encore. This man, he's athletic. He's got a little showmanship to him. And in case you guys don't know who he is, we're going to sit there and take it to the tape right now.
6: After an impressive, perhaps one of the most impressive PPW debuts of all time, Encore has been given the opportunity of his career as he was entered into the PBW Heavyweight Championship tournament. There was an empty spot, and Encore impressed the upper brass at the PBW headquarters so much, they granted him a spot in this tournament to see what he could do. They're gonna reset it, there it is, there's a bell. Two, three, one oh, on set it, on the upset. More advances for the next round of the PBW Heavyweight
5: Title Tournament. Bobo, well, well, what an upset we have seen here tonight. Brad is not happy about that. A he was you were down. He came up. He was going the match. The son of God is
2: Man, that kid.
1: He's got a lot going for him. And I mean, I think you said it before. He's definitely very athletic. He definitely has the abilities. Um he definitely has the look. I mean, let's be honest with you. Um but I also think he he reminds me a lot of like a combination of an Elix Skipper. Uh if you're not familiar who Elix Skipper is, you should definitely look it up. The man is or was uh, a phenomenal professional wrestler in his time. And who was the wrestler? Oh my gosh, the name is is slipping me right now. He just recently retired again for like the fourth time. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. I think it's a nice combination between Leo Rush and Elix Skipper. Um Now, Encore is from Queens, New York. He is 185 pounds. He's known as the last entertainer, and it's showtime when he enters the ring. Uh, He likes to let people know that he's there to razzle and dazzle him with his charisma and his showmanship, and when the bell rings, he's all about fight, and he's hungry for greatness. Um, When you look at somebody like an Encore, you know, I mentioned before two different people that he kind of reminded me of. Is there anybody else that comes to mind that that people who may not be familiar with Encore may be able to draw a correlation to if you give them an example?
2: Rick Swan. Oh, good call. His, 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 dancing, his style, his energy is off the charts. Like, like I was in there watching, watching an Encore match and this man knows how important the fans are. Yes. And when the match is over, I love the love how he thinks he wants the fans to keep coming back for an encore. I like it. You know, but with he's going up against Keller. Keller Keller's a guy I kind of like. Kind of reminds me of myself. A cocky son of a bitch. Cause he's from Cockyville, Maryland. And he is probably one of the Most energetic guys, not only in PPW, but in all professional wrestling. He didn't get the nickname All Energy for nothing.
1: That's a a pretty big name right there. All Energy.
2: Hey, he's a former NCAA track and field all-star hurdler. This man's got ups. He's got leaps. Man. And he, he uses his background to fuel a high-powered offense where it just keeps going and going.
1: Now, when you look at somebody like Keller, is there anybody much like we did with um, Encore, anybody that you could compare him to, anybody who you see a lot of uh, similarities in?
2: I've got two men. Who you got? One one
1: of them is,
3: ain't no stopping me,
2: Shelton Benjamin.
1: Ooh, Shelton Benjamin. Oh, man.
2: He he's got the he's got the athletic background. He's got the ups. He's got the agility. And another one I would have to say is going to be Chad Gable. Oh, you know? interesting, Chad Gable.
1: What? That's a really good pick. Tell me a little bit why you think it would be Chad Gable.
2: Because he's got that go at go at you attitude, where he's there's no energy. It's got to keep, go, 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 go. You know, he, he, another one that just popped in my mind is Mojo Rowley.
1: Ooh, Mojo you know? is a very good choice, yes.
2: You know, and and is just going to come at you. And he ain't, there ain't nobody going to stop him.
1: You know, but when I think about Keller, there, it's like a combination of, of a couple of different people. So the, I think of Angelico, uh, just with his ability, I think he's got the motor of a Johnny Hungy. Um, Ooh, you know I love me some Johnny Angie. I know, but I also think he has uh, the grit in the heart of a Darby Allen. Oof. So if you were to take those three guys and kind of mesh them together, I think that's what you get with somebody like Keller. Um, I'm excited about this match. I think that – I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to come out on top this time, but I think he's going to put on a great
2: match. Freeland. I'm going to tell you right now. Tell me. This match, steal the show. Do you think it could be? No, no. Could is if you're guessing. This match will steal the show.
1: So you're telling me this match right now that was just recently signed is going to be the match of the night in a lot of people's minds when they leave.
2: Exactly. Encore and Keller in the ring together. All that energy... There's only one thing it's going to do is just blow up blow up the house.
1: So the tournament itself is going to be very, very interesting because anytime you have a heavyweight championship tournament, you're going to get not only some of the best combatants in PPW, but you're going to get some of the greatest uh, matchups. And I think this one right here is going to be one of those. Would you say, Ritt, that at the end of the day, the winner of this has to be considered one of the favorites to win it
2: all? It has to, you know, whoever wins this quite possibly could and should be the first PPW champion, heavyweight champion.
1: Well, we're just going to have to find out. We're going to have to find out, and so are you. Please make sure you go over to PPW Wrestling. You go ahead and you click on the shop button. Once you do that, it's going to give you two different options. You can either buy tickets or you can buy merch. Click on the Buy Tickets tab right there. So simple and easy. All you have to do is determine how many tickets you want. Go ahead and put those in your cart. Check out and you're good to go. Do not be one of those people the day of the show that's trying to get in and you find out it's sold out. Have you ever been to a situation where you thought you can get there and then all of a sudden, uh, no, that's a no ski, no tickets.
2: Uh, yeah, plenty of times. You know, baseball mostly, not wrestling. But, man, you, you think that, oh, I'll wait till the last minute. No, can't do it.
1: It is aerial assault, and we talked about this before. It does look like uh, rows two and three are still available right now. Admission is going to be $20, as Ritt said before. If you can get your hands on front row tickets, good luck. Um, because they normally sell out pretty, pretty quick. But they are available right now. I can tell you this. I can go in and put the tickets in my cart right now. It's going to be on Saturday the 14th. So if you don't have any plans on Saturday night, I definitely would recommend heading on over and checking out PPW's Aerial Assault. What's another match we got for the big show?
2: Well, another match we have coming up is going to be two of our favorites.
1: Ooh. Two of our favorites. We have some faves. The pee pee poo poo has to be probably one of my top faves right there. Oh, they have to. We get Eric. We should try to get Erica Lee on the phone right now to see if she'll uh, she'll tell us a little bit about what her ins. Oh, waffle cones behind you again. I can't. I'm sorry. I have ADD. I'm completely distracted. When a dog walks around with a cone on his head,
2: I I just it's fine. But next up, we're going to talk about. Tag team matchup. Ooh, it's the Dark Order. Dark Orders own number five and ten. taken on Alpha Jr. and the returning Mike Orlando. Ooh. So, so, tell us a little bit about the Dark Order, Freeland. Well, the
1: Dark Order is obviously an AEW faction right here. And ten, which is Preston Vance, is one of what I would say the most raw talented individuals in AEW right now. Um, when he joined the dark order, I think a lot of people were a little skeptical and they weren't exactly sure of what 10 could bring to the table. But the more we see of Preston Vance, the more we continue to be impressed more and more. If you watch either BET, um, you'll definitely see a lot of Preston Vance on there as well. Um, I think personally that he is going to be able to contend for the TNT championship at some point. I do believe that Miro is not going to be able to hold that championship for forever. And I think that definitely there's gold in the future for Preston Vance. Now five, I mean, there's so many things to talk about with five, five is, I believe a really underrated wrestler in AEW. Uh, Definitely a big member of the dark order himself, um, we haven't seen a whole lot of of him outside of tag team wrestling. Now he has appeared on Evelation or uh, it's Elevation or um,
2: uh, Elevation.
1: Elevation, and we've seen him in some singles matches before. Very talented, very young. Uh, so I think more time is going to need to be seen to see where he's going to fall out in the shuffle. But. You know, Brody Lee picked these people. He handpicked these people to be in his dark order. So I think no matter what, both of these guys are very capable and very uh, well suited for uh, tag team competition. You know, interestingly enough, before we talk about Offa Jr. and Mike Orlando, you know, it's been thrown around, and I think this would be a good thing that AEW could do. What about a six man championship? You know, there's been six-man championships before. Obviously, I believe Ring of Honor had it. Um, I know they have them over in Japan. What do you think about something like that? I think this would be perfect for the Dark Order.
2: Really, you and I were talking about that the other day, remember? I do. Like, like, you've got so many factions in AEW. Why not? You've got three shows now, four shows, you know. Man, just imagine the talent. you got the Dark Order, six-man. Jurassic Express, you know, you got the pinnacle you can throw in there, you know, inner circle in there. Uh, you got the death triangle. Oh, my goodness. C- could you imagine if, if they would be crowned the first ever?
1: You could throw the Nightmare Factory in there as well. Nightmare
2: Factory. You know, you got all these all these factions that are great.
1: What about this? What about an Eddie Kingston, John Moxley Sting trio, which we saw most recently on TV? You know, them being aligned together. Would that be something that uh, might be, stay tuned to see?
2: That would be one way to protect Sting, in my opinion. You know, he, he doesn't have to do a lot. You know, comes in, stinger splash, scorpion death drop. You know, that that's one way to, to get his star power out there and protect him all in the same thing.
1: Well, I mean, you talk about these guys, you know, you talk about the dark order. You cannot forget Johnny Hungy and Alex Reynolds, who, in my opinion, are just as good as the Young Bucks, just as good as any other tag team that's out there, just as good as FTR, just as good as anybody. And I think it's it's time that they get their opportunity. Um, Johnny Hungy has been coming off of a shoulder injury. Obviously, he's back right now. Uh, I, I believe he's been cleared. So that would be interesting. But let's go ahead and let's talk about who's going to be across the ring from him. We got Mike Orlando and Offa Jr. Tell me a little bit about this Mike Orlando.
2: Mike Orlando was a former standout football player. You know, he he has a resume that would make anybody notice him in any organizations. You know, he, he's the green machine. He He's from the gridiron. You know, him and you put him next to Offa Jr. The Samoan can, machine. He is 310 pounds.
1: He's a big boy. And he you comes know, to us from Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, which we know some people from Lehigh Valley.
2: Uh, you know, we know we, we know one or two. One or two, maybe. Maybe one or two.
1: But w- but when you think about, you know, this combination right here uh, of Offa Jr., um, they have a very formidable team right there. You know, you got Mike Orlando, who's, who's not a, a small boy by any stretch of the imagination. But then you go ahead and you team him with Offa Jr., who's a big boy himself. I mean, he's over 6'3 as well. Obviously, he's part of that Samoan dynasty right there. Uh, he is known as the Samoan Storm. And he's been described by many people as a terror in the squared circle, using devastating kicks and incredible power to overwhelm his opponents. He is the son of the Wild Samoan, and he's been wrestling since 1998. So he has been around quite a while. And uh, like I said before, he's part of the Anawahi wrestling family. When you look at somebody like that and, and you talk about that, I mean, obviously, you know, Yokozuna is part of that family. Um, the rock is part of that family. Um, Roman reigns is part of that family, obviously the Usos. So it, it, it's very deep the way the bloodline runs. And if you remember um, Affa and Sika were just absolute monsters in their day. So when it, when it boils down to this, you know Afa Jr has it in his blood. He has it in his his lifestyle has always been just pro wrestling. And you tag him up with Mike Orlando. I think it could be a long day for the Dark Order. What's your take?
2: Ah, uh, man. I'm so glad that, you know, 5 and 10 are wearing masks. Because being in the ring, standing across from those two, you're going to sit there and start guess- second-guessing yourself. You're going to show nervousness, you know. Dark Order 5 and 10, have they ever been in, in the ring with two powerhouses like Alpha Jr. and or Mike Orlando?
1: And I mean, AEW definitely has a, a, a fair amount of big boys, but I tell you what, a, a Samoan like this uh, and Mike Orlando, I don't know if they've seen two more formidable, formidable opponents uh, in the ring with, with these guys. I think it's definitely going to be an interesting match. What's your take on this, and who do you think is going to come out on top on Saturday night?
2: I'm going to have to go for the favorites, Alpha Jr. and Mike Orlando. They, they, they've got home field. That they are so close you know to Lehigh to the Samoan dynasty down there i don't think the dark orders a 5 and 10 can come in and be able to sit there and withstand that hometown crowd well you know what
1: we don't know who's going to win you don't know who's going to win unless you buy your tickets once again going on over to ppwwrestling.com and you go under their tab that says shop it's either buy tickets or buy merchandise. Once again, buy your tickets first, make sure you get that locked in, but then go on over and buy yourself some merchandise as well. So I'm doing it right here on my screen. I'm gonna click on buy tickets. I'm gonna scroll down to the bottom of my screen here. It's so, so simple. It gives me an option to go ahead and click on the tickets. I go ahead and get that. You click on the tab that says aerial assault, boom. How many tickets do you want? Put it in the box go ahead and hit submit and you're done. Make sure you are not going to miss out on what is going to be a great night of wrestling. Once again, this Saturday night, the 14th, PPW Wrestling Presents Assault. Uh, First row is already gone right now, but second and third are still available, I'm assuming. So instead of just assuming, because you know what that does, it makes that an ass out of you and me. We already do that perfectly. Go ahead and get your tickets now. Add them to your cart. Make sure that you are ready for one of the best nights of wrestling in Pennsylvania. Brought to you by PPW Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling.
2: Yeah, and man, I, I'm excited, Freeland. I might actually go to the show.
1: I uh, wouldn't surprise me. Hop in the car and go, man. How far is How far is
2: Lehigh Valley
1: or um, PPW? I should say. Gosh, I got the I got the wild Samoan on my mind right now. I'm so excited. <laughs>
2: Man, about an hour, maybe, maybe less. An hour's not that bad.
1: No. For a great night of wrestling for twenty dollars.
2: Well, I, I, I might know somebody that you know. I could, I could pull a free. No, with.
1: no, 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 no. Do as I say, not as I do. That's the way I like to live my life.
2: Hey, hey. I might get in for free, but. I'll Why do you him.
1: say that? Why do you say that live on the air? Come on. We like these guys.
2: But I'll pay them back in the concession stand.
1: Ah, I see.
2: Yeah, I told you that before,
1: Freeland. You have. You said well, you,
2: well, yeah. We sit there and you go to Vegas. You might lose your money on the crap tables, but you're going to gain it back at the buffet. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, I know what you're saying, my friend. And you know what? There's something else that we'd like to say some wrestlers who'd like to say something. So don't go anywhere. We will be back at the top of the hour with Front Row Material. So don't go anywhere. This is your Tuesday night edition of FSN.
0: I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me.
8: My shirt so
0: sexy it hurts and i too sexy for milan too sexy for milan new york and japan Take it.
8: and i'm too sexy
0: for your party too sexy for your party no way i am disco dancing i'm a model know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the cow walk, yeah on the cow walk, on the cow walk. good oh my god
1: welcome back it's your tuesday night edition of front row material and future stars now my name obviously is mike freeland you already know that my follicly challenged friend his name is
2: the
4: Rit.
1: and we just and- went ahead and Ran down everything that's going to be going on this Saturday night. I don't mean to cut you off, Rister. Uh, For PPW, once again, that is PPW Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling. It's going to be Saturday, August the 14th. All you got to do is go over to PPWWrestling.com, Get yourself your tickets and make sure you are locked in for a great night of wrestling in the state of Pennsylvania.
2: Yeah, and there's one match, Freeland, that we said we're going to get a hold of at the top of the hour. And it's this one right here. Ooh. Casey Navarro. Ooh. Taking on JT Dunn, which just so happened to be Brian Cage's hand-picked replacement. Now, oh, damn. this here is going to be a match that you are not going to want to miss. And you guys want to know why? It's because for the first time, we actually get to see Casey Navarro live here on Front Row Material. Let, let me bring him in first real quick. What's going on, guys? How you doing?
1: We are good, my friend, but I tell you what, uh, all the attention is on you. It's going to be a big night coming up on Saturday. Going to be uh, in a big, highly profiled match. So how you feeling going into it?
6: I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I, I've known JT Dunn for years. Uh, he's been, he was on my list of guys that I wanted to wrestle this year. Uh, because he was a guy that, you know, in a way kind of saved my career. Uh, so I had to kick his ass at some point. So I wanted it to happen in front of the right people and, you know, good old Papa Cage, you know, Brian Cage, everybody knows me and Brian are close. Brian knew I needed a good opponent. So he knew what I wanted. So we called up JT Dunn and here we go. I'm, I'm ready for it.
2: Well, well, Casey, you're sitting there. You had your sights set on Brian Cage, you know, all, all form, big guy, agile, then all of a sudden, you have to switch gears, JT Dunn. Uh, you know, what's your mindset like switching gears? You know, this close to the to the match.
6: I'm ready for it, man. It ain't nothing new. It's pro wrestling, man. Car's subject to change. You always gotta be ready for stuff like that. If you're set for one guy and you get to the building and then you're wrestling two, three guys, or somebody that's even better or somebody that's even worse, like it's gonna throw you off. Me, I can't be like that, man. I always gotta be ready for everybody. I don't call myself the Major League blessing for nothing. I'm always ready for the best competition, the worst competition, any type of competition. Everybody's next to me blessed, man. doesn't matter if you're Brian Cage. doesn't matter if you're JT Dunn. Everybody's next to me blessed.
1: Well, I tell you what, Casey. I mean, you have been in front of big crowds before. You've been in CCW, obviously, Impact, AEW. You've been there. You've been on the big stages before. The bright lights are not too bright for you, my friend. Sure. What do you think is unique about you that you bring to the table that uh, Mr. Dunn is not going to be quite ready for?
6: I mean, for starters, I'm younger than him. I'm way younger than him. I got less experience than him. You know, he's traveled the world globally. I've only been, you know, domestically. He's been international. I haven't been on that level yet. However, in six years, I've competed, like you said, Impact, Super X Cup, AEW, multiple occasions. Six years, 21 years old, I was signed to MLW. You know, I'm I'm killing it. It, man i'm the fastest rising star i think in pro wrestling now i'm the guy that can't be touched right now jt dunn he took his break during the pandemic i was working during the pandemic i was in the gym every day my custom gym when the gyms opened i was in the real gyms when there was any type of opportunity to be on the road i was on the road jt he was sitting home you know i think jt doesn't want as much as me right now and i think that's what makes me stand out, makes me more unique than him because i'm way more hungry than jt is right now <laughs>
1: Well, you know, we we can't let that go just uh, uncontested because obviously with us this evening is the aforementioned JT Dunn. Yes, he is more of a veteran. He does have a little bit more age on him, but he's, like you said before, he's been around beyond wrestling, CZW, uh, Northeast Wrestling, Pro Wrestling, Guerrilla Limitless, um, West Side Extreme. Uh, There's so many different things and so many different places that he's been to. He's been all over the world, but... Once again, you say he's a little long in the tooth. I think we're going to need to hear from him and find out how does he feel about the situation. Let's go ahead and let's bring in JT Dunn.
2: JT, how you doing, sir?
3: Welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you for having me. I actually appreciate this time. After hearing him talk, I appreciate this time right now.
2: Well, uh, you heard what Mr. Navarro had to say about this Saturday. So... You know, would you like to to reiterate anything back to this?
3: If I may. Uh, Casey, let me ask you a question first. Are you you home right now? I'm home right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're home. Where am I at? This Hmm. is the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. This is the greatest school in the history of New England professional wrestling. You know why I'm here? Because I'm hungry. And the comments that you made meant, listen... Maybe five years ago, I sounded just like you. And you know what that led me? To just having to get humbled. Having to have somebody break it to me. That what I thought I knew was actually nothing. Nothing at all. That's what this weekend is for you. And I appreciate the way that you listed my accolades. You made me sound like a rock star. Because sometimes I have to sit down and realize I am that. I am a goddamn rock star in professional wrestling. And on Saturday, I'm so happy Brian picked me and we all know why he chose me. Because everybody, everybody has accepted me as their savior. I'm just the best. I'm the one, I'm the one coming back to PPW. Yeah, I stole a show before you were even getting booked on these shows. And I'm coming here to humble you, Casey. I, that's my purpose. It's not about win, losing, or drawing, because winning is the only option. So I'm here, perfecting my craft. You know who's in here? The best wrestlers in New England. And I'm out-wrestling them all. I paused the class so I could come out here and make time for you.
1: Now, JT, but before we go any further, I mean, there's so many different weapons that you have in your arsenal. There's so many things that you can do. What do you think you're going to whip out when it comes to this? Do you think it's going to be You're going to toy with your opponent, or do you think you're going to try to put him away quickly?
3: Um, So let me first state that I do understand how talented Casey is. I think I may have been the first person in the world of professional wrestling that understood how talented he was. And when he was down and out, the phone call he made wasn't to Brian Cage. It wasn't to MLW. It wasn't to Ring of Honor. It wasn't to AEW. It wasn't to your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler's best friend's cousin. It was to me. He called me and said, JT, I'm stuck. What do I do? And Casey, what did I do for you? I gave you the world. I gave you everything that is in your hands right now. Maybe, maybe two years ago, I didn't want credit, but put some respect on my name. I gave it to you. I gave you the secrets of professional wrestling. I taught you how this business works before you even deserved or earned that information. And I did it because I love you like my little brother. That's why it pains me to have to accept this booking knowing it's against you. And knowing that at this point in my career, yeah, I'm a little bit older than you, but at this point in my career, you know what makes me hungrier? What makes me want to beat your ass that much more on Saturday? It's because I had it all. And I lost it all. I risked everything on professional wrestling. I got a second chance, my salvation, the second coming of JT Dunn. You think I'm going to waste this opportunity? I was born for this moment. This is exactly why I'm here, to make you a damn star, to pin you in the middle of the ring, and to keep going on fighting the best being the best.
1: Uh, Casey, I do want to throw this out here to you. I mean, you know, he talked about being brothers, but as we all know, sometimes brothers don't always get along. Sometimes brothers do have to settle some of their businesses with their fists and their feet. I mean, you got the Starburst, the Milky Way, and the Satellite DDT. What do you think you're going to do when you're in there with a brother, but you know you're going to have to put him down?
6: I'm going to fight him. I'm not going to wrestle him I'm going to fight him. JT, here's my my problem with you. you. You talk about getting the credit, right? I called you. I was counting out, man. I had nothing. I was kicked out of wrestling school when I was 15. And like you said, they said I wasn't humble. And on my own, for years, I had to make a name for myself. Yeah, I called you. Yeah, you were the guy that gave me a shot, man. I was a kid then. I was a kid. I was a kid that blew through the competition in New England. You remember that? I was the kid that blew through everybody and in your own company. Oh wait, you remember this? I won this, you remember this? Something you couldn't do, you remember that? And it made me a man, right? It made me a man. You think that you're going against that kid that you met years ago? Is that what you think this is? You're going against the Sky Reaper, that Sugar Rush kid, huh? No, man, you're going against a different animal. You're going against a guy that busted his ass to earn respect from guys like you. And I thought, man, after everything I did, after winning stuff like this and your turn. That I would earn your respect. And obviously, I did it. Oh, you think I'm talented? No, bro. I, I know that. I know that. That was a gift. That was a gift from God, but I don't let that get to my head, bro. I don't. You wanna talk? You wanna ask me, what am I gonna do to a brother week? I'm gonna fight him. I'm gonna fight him, and I'm gonna beat the respect out of him. Cause I need you, JT, Dunham to understand that this is not a game to me. I don't got a job like him working at a gym. No, this is all I have. This is all I have. I have to hustle. I have to sell my gimmicks just to make money to pay my bills. I have to go to every single state, fly there, drive there to earn money to get to where I'm at. Hell, JT, just to wrestle you, I had to take a cut of pay because they couldn't afford to bring you in. Hey, man, you're a star. You've been everywhere. I respect it. And I took that cut for one reason. So I can earn your respect. So I can beat it out of you. So I can prove exactly what I am. And that's blessed. I beat you, Richards last month, and I'm going to beat you this month. I'm going to beat you this weekend because I need it. You don't need this, bro. You've done it. You've done it all. But I need this. The only reason why you need this is because you actually need to show that you can still keep up with people that are on TV. I need it for the respect.
1: JT, I will tell you this right now, my friend. It, it We've heard the story many times before, but I think it's worth repeating. You've got the veteran, the grizzled lion, and then you've got the hungry lion who's coming up right now. Yes, you've been the leader of the Pride for a long time. You licked your wounds, you left, but you're back. Do you still feel like you have what it takes to fend off somebody like this? I'm telling you right now, I am a little concerned, but you got to put me at ease. Is JT Dunn going to finally show everybody that he's officially back?
3: I am. Okay. Casey, that bass in your voice, that's the only thing you've been missing. You know what that's called? It's confidence. Now you finally have some. All the things that you listed that you need, you're right. I don't need them. I've done them a hundred times to the point where I got bored. You know how hard it is to just be the best. And I'm not talking about being the most over, being the most rich, having the most publicity. I'm talking about being the best, bro. And I know you know what I mean, being the best. And we run in the same circles now. So you know that the guys that you're hanging out with now, that new breed of pro wrestler, you know who they all think the best is? It's me, I'm the best unsigned talent in the world. And the guy before that you're referencing That guy doesn't exist any longer. He died during the pandemic with all these feelings and stuff that you're keeping in touch with. That guy before isn't half the wrestler that I am right now. Who I am right now is the greatest professional wrestler walking earth. Maybe, Maybe when I continue to beat people like you, the loudest people on Twitter. I don't need Twitter, bro. I said it a hundred times. Twitter's for the birds. That shit's boring. Y'all go on there in 140 characters and you say, I'm the best wrestler on the planet. Bro, your resume is stupid compared to mine. I don't have to flaunt it, or at least I didn't think that I needed to. You ask if JT Dunn is back, it's a whole new breed of animal inside of me now. I've been the Casey Navarro, I've been the young cub, just itching and scratching. Man, I've been death by elbow with the greatest wrestler God has ever gifted us in the world. A professional wrestling Chris Hero. I had that, bro. That wasn't no latchkey moment. I earned that. My favorite wrestler became my tag team partner and we wrestled in all the places. Screw that. I sold the damn show with my man in all the places you're looking to go. It's not about being there and doing that, man. I don't even like talking like that if we're being honest. I sound arrogant and cocky. I know I'm the best. That's why I'm coming this Saturday. A whole new version of me. All the games, all the things that you keep referencing coming to my towns and, and winning my titles. Bro, I'm a grown ass man. I don't, I don't care about titles. You know what titles mean to me? It means more money. It means I get to feed my fiance exquisite meals. That's what that means. You gotta take a pay cut, bro. When we get to the show, you can take it out my wallet. I don't need the money. I took a pay cut drastically to come wrestle you. Because I want it I want you I want you To do all the things That you're saying In this interview I hope this same person Shows up on Saturday And this is The real me talking And I want you to look Into my eyes You understand me? It's a whole different beast I'm gonna beat out of you What I should've took From you years ago Your career Is my career You owe me 10% And I'm coming for it On Saturday
2: Well Casey Heavy words My final question for both of you, I'm going to let KC go first and then you, JT. What is it going to take? Yes, sir. What are you willing to do, KC, to make JT Dunn stay down for the one, two, three?
6: I'm going to take everything I went through, everything that I've seen, I know JT Cunn like the back of my goddamn hand. I studied him, watched him since I was 17 years old. And I met him and I didn't even know who the hell he was. And I just went to his seminar, that guy. And I'm gonna do it for everybody. That believes in me. And when I, when I do stuff like that and I take all that frustration, I take all that support and I put it into that ring, I'm unstoppable. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to do it for the people that aren't even here anymore. I'm going to do it for one guy that I know, JT. I'm going to do it for Matt Travis. And you know who I'm really going to do it for, JT? Because when I do it for this person, I I just really go out of my element. I'm going to do it for this guy right here. The guy that first believed in me before you. The guy that wanted to see me make it. And man, I couldn't even call him when I got signed because he's not here anymore. I'm going to do it for Shad Gaspar. That's what I'm going to do. It. And when I put his name into a match, that means I cannot fail, JT. That means I have to put everything I got to get that W, JT. When I come there this Saturday, I'm not going to sell Michaels. My- Gimmicks. I'm not going there to shake hands and kiss babies. I'm going there to kick your ass, and that's it! And get that W and walk out with your respect over my shoulder. And that's all I'm going to do, because you're next to be blessed, homie. And that's all God. got.
1: I don't know what the outcome of this match is going to be, but guys, you are not going to want to miss this. JT Dunn, KC Navarro, it is heated right now. What is going to happen? That's the big question right now. Is the young up-and-coming Lion going to be able to take down the mentor, or is the mentor going to be able to prove that he is still the king of the ring. All of that is going to be going down this Saturday night. It's going to be August the 14th, PPW Wrestling. Go on over right now as we speak, ppwrestling.com Click the shop button, you hit buy tickets, and you are all set to go. You will click on their big event, and it is on their main page. It is aerial Assault. Put your tickets into your cart. Go ahead and check out. Things are going fast right now. Right now, general admission is what they got right now. It's only $15. As this show goes on, it's going to sell out. This may very well steal the show, and you don't want to be one of those people that says, I wish I would have been there. Be there. See one of the hottest matches between two huge stars. Gentlemen, JT Dunn, Casey Navarro, I can't wait for Saturday night. I wish you guys all the best, and thank you for stopping by Front Row Material.
9: Appreciate it.
2: Thanks for stopping by guys.
1: Wow. That, uh, that got heated and it got very personal there, which is one of those things right when there's a buildup to a match, Um, you obviously are always going to have some level of emotion that that spills over into a promo. But when you look at just the history of these two guys, one looked up to the other, went to it, you know, looked up to him and, and looked at him as a mentor. And now he is at the point where he's his own man, you know, versus JT Dunn, who's been there, done that. But he's got something to prove now, you know, something to prove versus I'm going to make my name. Two worlds collide. Who's going to win? I think it's going to get nasty. I think it's going to get dirty. But I think at the end of the night, people are going to be walking away going, these two guys, they stole the
2: show. Man, okay, if you watch their matches separately, you're you're looking at it like, man, these guys are athletic, they're high flyers, and they can straight up go. But I don't think you're going to see none of that. This is just going to be a straight-out brawl as soon as the bell rings. And we are going to look for a bloodbath here. I,
1: I have no doubt that we are going to see nothing short of probably one of the emotional, violent matches that PPW has seen in a long time. Because like I said earlier, anytime you mix emotion into that, you are going to get the best out of both people. And I think they're going to push each other and this is going to be a great night. Uh, As I said a few moments ago, tickets are going fast. As this show is going on right now, people are buying tickets. I'm on the PPW website right now. General admission is all they have left here, $15. Make sure you get the tickets. If you think I'm I'm just blowing smoke, I'm literally on the site, and I've seen the tickets go as, as the show progresses. Please don't be one of those people who doesn't Get your tickets now for one of the hottest nights in PPW wrestling in Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling. And uh, I'm excited, my friend. I think that uh, if you have a chance, you should definitely get out there and check it out.
2: Oh, man. I just, I can't, I can't believe, like, those two going at it. Like, I knew bringing them both on here was going to be something different for us. Sure. I was thinking, okay, there's two guys that, that had a match together, you know, coming up Saturday. But it got down and dirty real quick. Like, It, like, it got personal. When KC was on, it was all, you know, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden when JT came on, it got real. And I can't believe these two, the long history, you know, they had – Man, that'd be like you and me, Freeland, 10 years from now, talking like that to each other. Like, they were supposed to have a bond. Well, at
1: the end of the day, money talks and everything else walks. And when you're looking to be at the top of the food chain, there's only room for one. And somebody has got to go. So I don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose I think we're going to have two winners at the end of the night. Now, they may be sharing a hospital ride in the old ambulance, but you know what? Regardless, it is going to be a great, great night. And, folks, that's just one of the matches. There is so many great matches we've gone over on the card. You can go on over to ppwrestling.com and find out all the information, all the rundowns of the cards. They got the bios of all the stars. And once again, please make sure you get your tickets ahead of time. It's only Tuesday. Tuesday. The show's not till Saturday, and tickets are already going fast. Please make sure you do it quickly.
2: Man, Bugs got it. Pee-pee-poo-poo, Erica Lee. Oh, my goodness. We're behind
1: our girl, Erica Lee. There's no doubt about that. We're behind her 100%. Now, when it comes to this match, I don't necessarily know if I can pick somebody because it's one of those situations where both guys definitely have stated their case.
2: Both ladies. No, these guys. Oh, those two. Uh, I'm still I... talking about this. Oh, man.
1: What I, are you I... doing? You're on the pee-pee-poo-poo thing. You need to get your mind right where I'm at.
2: Hey.
1: My God. Be a professional.
2: There's only one thing that we need to do, and that is...
1: What are we going to do?
2: Maybe not. Yep. Yep. Technical difficulties again, Ritster. Hey, we, we wouldn't have it any other way, buddy.
1: I know this is true. Is the dog with the cone still walking around, or is he gone?
2: No, he's, he's he's sound asleep.
1: But Is that is that a railing next to you, a green railing? Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. Man, you're really digging this new studio.
2: Hey, but, man, what we got to sit there and talk about, there's only one more match that we need to talk about.
1: Let's hit it. Let's knock it out. Are you ready? Ugh kidding me with all this excitement that's going to be happening this saturday night ppw one more match one more match one more match oh by the way let me let me say this while you're queuing it up um please support all the wrestlers uh buy their merch you know what i mean get a t-shirt at the show show these guys and gals love and support because at the end of the day they are sacrificing themselves to put their bodies on the line each and every night for you because they love it. It's for the love of the game. Very few people get rich out of this business, but they do it because it's in their heart, in their soul, and I just want to make sure that everybody understands that.
2: Definitely. Now, the match where I want to talk about is Casey Varro's opponent last month, Davey Richards. Davey Richards. Davey Richards take it on somebody that is the most underrated person on the indies right now deshaun pratt Ooh, good call deshaun pratt i like that now deshaun pratt a lot of you guys don't really know him as deshaun pratt everybody knows him for his world famous czw youtube video when he was how do you say that amesis Emmaus?
1: I'm going to let you go with that. It, it, pronouncing some of these things is not really one of our strong
2: suits, but uh, exactly. But please,
1: please continue.
2: But yeah, he's been known all over the world. You know, he's he's trained under Quackenbush, Claudio Castagnoli, WWE Ooh. Cesaro, and Chris Hero. And he's wrestled all over UK, Japan, Germany. He's world renowned known. Now you got Davey Richards. Woo. He's, he's, he's trying to make a comeback. He's hungry. He wants to wants to show people that he's there to stay. What are your thoughts on Davy Richards, Freeland?
1: Davey Richards is one of those guys who's very interesting. Like you said before, he's he's back. He's he's trying to show the world he still has it. I personally believe he still has it, and then some. Um, obviously, injuries and stuff like that definitely take a toll on on wrestlers, and sometimes it can subsequently cut their careers down. But Davey's back. Davey's been just about anywhere, um, especially Impact Wrestling. Obviously, Ring of Honor, he's done some stuff over uh, in Japan as well. He's traveled. He's seasoned. He's somebody who's been in the ring uh, with just about anybody. He has a great style that I really like. Um, I know a lot of people probably aren't going to like when I say this, but he definitely has a, a crippler style. Um, he's definitely extremely aggressive. He's got a motor that doesn't stop. And he's one of those people who is intense, intense, intense between the bells. So if you're going against someone like Davy Richards, you have to be on your game because he's going to blow you up and then he's going to take you out.
2: Yeah, but he's going up against the Prince of Camden. This man is the golden ticket briefcase holder in PPW. That is a guy that is the most dangerous man of PPW right now. He can easily cash that in on any championship he wants at any time he wants, but he's putting that in the back burner. He's concentrating full speed ahead against David Richards.
1: Well, I think when it comes to something like this, you want to hold on to that briefcase. You want to make sure that when you do cash it in, it's going to be used correctly, and it's at the right time too. Because remember, let's think about whenever a briefcase is cashed in, what have we learned from history is that 99% of the time, somebody ends up winning. So you want to make sure when you cash in that briefcase that your opponent is in a compromised position. Your opponent is not exactly with it. Right now, he's going to put that aside right now. He's got something he wants to handle with Davy Richards. I just hope that he is able to come out of this. I mean, incredibly talented guy. But once again, does youth and exuberance, does that top experience in a veteran? I don't know. It's going to be hard to tell if Davey Richards has something to prove. And I think we're going to see a different Davy Richards than we're used to seeing.
2: Yeah, man. If you look, Davy Richards was in Ring of Honor. Deshaun mm-hmm. Pratt's wrestled in Ring of Honor. Yes. He's wrestled in Evolve, Dragon Gate USA, CZW. You know, Davy Richards, he's coming off a long leg where he's just not there, you know? You have to to be in wrestling 24 hours a day, seven days a week in your mind to have that passion and have that focus. And we're going to find out this Saturday at PPW's Aerial Assault.
1: And you know what? If you want to go to PPW's Aerial Assault, super, super easy. All you got to do is go over to PPWWrestling.com, click on the Shop button. Once you do that, it's so simple. It's only another click away. You click on Buy Tickets. You're going to see an icon that's going to say PPW Aerial Assault. You're going to go ahead and click on that, and then it's going to show you what is available. Once you go ahead and do that, you can put the quantity of the tickets inside there, and then you can hit Checkout. Guys, make sure you do it soon because at the the end of the day, you do not. I mean this. Do not want to be left out in the cold. Make sure you get your tickets. It's going to be a great night. Once again, PPW Aerial Salt Saturday, August the 14th. And it's only going to be available if you are there live.
2: Yeah, and hey, you want to do us a favor? Head on over to our Twitch channel. Bam. It's not that bad.
1: It's not that bad. It's a pretty damn good Twitch channel. What do you mean it's not that bad?
2: Go over to twitch.tv forward slash FRM Pod. Smash that follow button. Smash Smash that follow button. You do that better.
1: Smash that button. All you got to do is just hit the button. Hit the button to follow. We'd appreciate if you know any other people who are big time wrestling fans who would love to hear more about wrestling. Great interviews, promo offs like what we just had right now. The build up to big pay-per-views, post shows pregame shows all of that kind of stuff we're bringing that all to you we are the premier destination of everything that's going to be happening in the independent wrestling world right now combined with huge stars of today we're not talking to people from 30 years ago we're not doing that we're talking to people in the here and the now and that's where wrestling is going to be going forward with us
2: and hey, they're going on twitch for so long so if you want to go and see our past interview you know say you want to go a couple weeks ago to see our good friend well my good friend darius freelance good friend mr carter
1: mr carter
2: head right over to uh youtube search front row material click that follow button and anytime that we go and put something new up bam you're gonna get notified we just put up the crowbar video today head on over there check it out that was that was one of the best interviews. I think we've had in quite some time for you. How about you?
1: No, I agree with you completely. And Crowbar actually hit me up after the interview was over and said, let me know when you want to do a part two. So as I said that night, there's so much more meat on the bone. There's so many more things that Crowbar would like to get into. Unfortunately, we were pressed against the clock uh, last week, but you know what? We are going to have him back. Uh, he's got a lot of things he wants to talk about when it comes to WCW. Uh, we talk about uh, his career in ECW as well. Uh, his stint with, uh, WWE and all the other places in between that he's been but as he said before our webmaster has done an amazing job uh, over there with our videos on YouTube so all we ask of you is just hit the uh, hit the like button hit the follow button and uh, follow us because the library is going to continuously be growing
2: yeah so Freeland how about we start the panel early tonight
1: we can do that But before we start the panel, let's go ahead and let's step out for yet another break. Go get yourself a little drinky drink. Get yourself a little sandwich. Get yourself something to eat. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, it's going to get good. It's going to get interesting. It's panel time. Once again, this is your main show on Tuesday nights. He's the Rit. I'm Freeland. This is Front Row Material. We'll be right back.
0: too sexy for my love too sexy for my love love's going to leave me
5: Rest in
8: i'm too sexy for my shirt too sexy for my shirt
0: so sexy it hurts uh, too sexy for Milan, too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan, take it, huh? Huh? Huh?
8: and I'm too sexy for your party, too sexy for your party,
0: no way, I am disco dancing, I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do.
8: good? Oh my God.
1: Welcome back. It is Tuesday night. This is Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. Gosh, I look disheveled. I couldn't believe that did a little wardrobe change before the panel started, but we're glad that you're joining us this week. And as the writ had said earlier on, please make sure that you go on over to our YouTube page and go ahead and click the like and the subscribe button as well. If you would also click the follow button on our Twitch stream, we would greatly appreciate that. All of our interviews are going to be uploaded to our YouTube channel. So just in case you happen to miss it and you miss the Encore presentation here on Twitch, you can always go straight over to our YouTube channel and get that. I also wanna let people know that PPW, Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling, is going to be having a great show coming up this Saturday night. August the 14th, we just went over the star-studded card. If you missed any of that, once again, check the Encore presentation after this show goes off the air. If you wanna get tickets, all you gotta do is go to their website, click on the shop button. Once you do that, you're gonna click on the buy tickets. Once you click on that, you're gonna see an icon that's gonna say PPW Aerial Assault. You're gonna click on that and it's gonna give you an option of buying tickets and however many you would like. Go ahead and put that quantity in your cart and check out because you don't want to miss it. We just had a great promo off as well. So once again, if you missed that, I highly recommend you go back after the show is off the air and you take a look at that. It's going to be a great build up to a great night of wrestling. So we're switching sides here. I was, I was over there I, I, and you were over here and now
2: it's all kind of what
1: they call cattywampus.
2: Well, well Freeland... You don't realize, I lead on FSN. Right. We're switching gears. FRM. You're the lead man. I like it. I like uh, it. Well, let's get to the panel.
1: Let's let's get right to the panel of uh, of unique individuals who we talk to each and every week to find out what their thoughts are when it comes to wrestling. Would you like to do the introductions?
2: Let's get ready to rumble. Y'all ready for this? Here he is. Starting point guard, our residential wrestler. Moondog
1: Murray. There he is. We're in the new Moondog Murray merchandise where you can go ahead and get that at Pro Wrestling Tees. I got it on as well. Brainbuster Tees. Brainbuster Switch. Brain Buster Tease, look at this, awesome official Moondog Marie merchandise, my friend. How are you doing? I am going through a lot, <laughs> wrestling-wise,
10: and I'm excited for it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm excited for you. You got a great smile, a great personality, a great outlook on life, and we are glad you're here to join us tonight. Of course.
2: Who's next, Ritzer? Speaking of great smiles and great looks, here he is. Liam Savage? Uh,
1: no, not no. Liam
2: Savage. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> That'd be that'd
1: be ridiculous to say that about Liam.
2: We we stole this man straight from the cult of Beardo. We after, stole him after we shut down that sinking ship. He is renegade. Renegade
1: Lorenzo Lamos. There he is. My God, he looks like he'd be in a rock band. Look at that man. He is an attractive man. Good hey, to see you, for, renegade.
11: Lucky for you, I am in a rock band.
1: See, I know these things.
2: I know these things. It just comes to me. He's on a is- pod podcast panel, and he's good at his job. <laughs> he's really good.
1: So, who's next?
2: Who's gonna be our starting forward? Starting forward, standing at six foot four, six foot nine if you include his ego, six foot twelve if you include his mouth. Chess Rockwell. There he
1: is. There's Smith. There he is. Cue up the Fozzie. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so good to see you, Chest. How you been, buddy?
4: Oh. Ah, you know, just uh rocking out, I guess I'll say, rocking out, because I'm in Fozzie, so there you go. That is so awesome. But you
1: know what? We can't forget. He's 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 supposed to be our center. He's not. He's only five foot two. He lives in the Canadian wilderness. He loves pottery, making things with wood, and driving his pickup truck. He's got a beard that every man wants and every woman desires. He does more things with shellac than you could ever imagine. He is not the ass man. He's our resident, happiest Canadian. We call him the butt butt. buddy. Hello, gentlemen. What is going on, buddy? How you been? I've been well. How about yourself? I'll tell you what. There's a lot of things that I've been. Well is not one of them. Unfortunately,
7: or mentally stable.
1: Well, that hasn't oh. been a case for almost 40 years. So,
2: well, well, Freeland, since we closed call to Beardo down, the emails, the tweets, the phone calls, they've been going off the rockers. So we have mm-hmm. a great update for old DB. Renegade, take it away, sir. Let's go ahead.
11: Yeah. So it's been a few weeks. And uh, if anyone last remembers, uh, we were at the ocean on vacation. And DB took off at his little dog paddle, uh, scarcely to be seen again. And we searched and searched, uh, called around, asked around. uh, uh, The only thing we found was this little Wilson tennis ball with a little red paw print on it. And he's turned up. He's turned up. Turns out he's in Barbados, and he's in a relationship with a sea turtle. Wow. Sea turtles, mate. Yeah.
1: That is, uh, you know what, how do you feel about that? That's kind of a, a a new discovery, what's going on in his life right now. I mean, you have to be sad, but then in another part, you got to be happy for him.
11: Well, I mean, it was, yeah, it was sad when he took off. Uh, there was relief when he was found. And then... You know, just uh, a, an inner peace that... You know what? I think he found the thing that he's been looking for this whole time.
1: His back legs? And,
11: <laughs> not quite, but uh, an intimate relationship. I, I, I think, yeah, we were his adoptive family, but I think he wanted a family of his own. So now he's become a stepdad to her sea turtles. And... Um, You know, I think they found some kinship in the fact that she only has like one flipper thing and she swims in circles. So I don't think she's going anywhere.
1: But uh, that sounds pretty truthful.
11: You know, I'm happy for him. Really happy for him.
1: So is there any chance that there may be a reunion between you and. um, Dragon, not not breathing, dragging, dragging balls. Uh, are you going to try to set something up? Are you going to go down to Barbados? What's your thoughts on that?
11: Well, as we know, travel's a little uh, hinged, so um, it might be a little tough for a while. But we'll see what happens.
1: It could well, be worse. I think it's exciting now that we can finally put a uh, close this chapter of Dragon Balls, and um, we feel good for him right now. So he met. He met somebody, and um, very happy, very happy. How are you dealing with all of this? Did you guys end up looking into that bird still?
11: Oh, Larry the uh, featherless bird, yes. Larry um, the
1: featherless bird, and, and he had an issue with his beak as well. Didn't he have, like, a cleft beak?
11: Yes, it sort of looks like, uh, if, a, if you could imagine a bird having lips, that's <laughs> sort of what it looks like. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's extraordinary really um he sounds it <laughs> he can't say his own name as we all know you know a, if you could imagine a bird with lips would be really hard to he, he is a talking bird uh, so if you get him to try and say his own name Larry it comes out Babby! <laughs> um, so there's that I mean I, I find him very interesting I, I like interesting interesting pets
1: well I tell you what I I fully endorse you growing your family of pets, and we wish you guys nothing but the best.
11: I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Uh, Let's throw it over to uh, Liam Savage. What's been going on with you uh, since the last time we
4: chatted? Ah, very little. Back to you. Wow, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I I, pay it. Adventures.
1: i was gonna say i mean it's hard to follow up with what renegade just did i mean you know he... i I
4: can't i can't get like can't get over the interspecies erotica he's got going on in the first part of the story so like fuck, like that that just gripped me from the start so I, i'm trying to get over that first but you know I, it's so, incredible yeah yeah it really is
7: Don't think about Uh, it too much. Maybe gripping yourself a different (laughs) way.
1: Yeah. Let's throw it to the ass man. Oh,
7: oh.
1: Oh. My bad. Let's let's throw it to the ass man. What's been going Um, on with you, my friend?
7: Not much. Uh, A little bit of work. I'm working on building toy cars now. Oh, really? So I'm starting that tomorrow in the evenings because, you know, I have so much free time. And... Uh. Mama Bear's out of town, so that's good. The house is quiet; nobody to bother me. So, what is the
1: <laughs> what what is the the value, the retail value, if somebody would like to b- buy a toy car from you? What are we looking at here?
7: I don't know. I is it DMU for I prices make or? Them. Yeah, DM me. I gotta figure out if I can make them first. I, can, I know I can make them. I'm that good. But i have to figure out how much time it's gonna take and whatnot. I'd
1: oh, imagine like probably that.
7: about twenty five bucks. Twenty
1: five bucks. Hey, I like it.
7: Handmade, vegan, cruelty free, all the other stuff that the <laughs> millennials care about. You are a man, of plant it. based, it's plant based cars. Well, yeah, of course, they're plant based. It's a fucking tree, dumbass.
4: <laughs> whoa, 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 but, but, hold on, hold it's a on. joke, god damn it. Wait, wait,
2: we got, we got, breaking I think he's news. in the red zone now. No. We got, we got breaking news,
1: but, but. Where is Liam at right now? We've just started the show. Where is he standing right now?
7: I think everybody's doing well so far. Everybody's in the green zone. The, well, as good as Liam ever gets. He's he always a little crotchety. But for him, he's definitely in the green zone.
1: That's good. That's good for Liam to, to, or <laughs> to Chest Rockwell to be in the, uh, in the green. That doesn't normally happen.
7: It won't last long. Behavior-wise sure, or financial. But
1: he probably will soon. Look oh. at that. Uh, let's go over to Moondog. Moondog, what's your big news, my friend? What, what's uh, going on? Is anything you can share or is this stuff that you got to keep on the DL? Uh, I got to try out with, uh, school next Thursday,
10: uh, Chicago school. If I can get in, they got a bunch of tie-ins with other ind- independents and, uh, working relationships. So we could possibly work more indie dates, hopefully. I want to try to break into Milwaukee as well, so... Yeah.
2: Anybody we uh, might know or have worked with?
10: Um, his name is Steve Boz of CSW. They train Steve Boz Also, um, he tra- I don't know if he founded Windy City Pro Wrestling or what, but I know he trained uh, Kalisto and Mustafa Ali and a lot of those guys as well. Nice.
1: Well, we well. will be thinking about you. We think you. We think you have a great shot at it because for sure I mean, we're, we're not biased. I mean, we're, you know, but we think you're a pretty damn good wrestler.
10: Hope I can do it. I
1: definitely, uh, I'm excited, get nervous, but that's going to happen. That's normal. That's normal. Well, gentlemen, you know the way this game is played. It is around the horn. We ask questions. We give opinions. Nothing is taken too personal. Ribbing is uh, highly recommended. Once again, there are no point values. I will determine who has won. And at the end of the show, we all sign off and go back to our normal boring lives. Uh, Let's start (laughs) off with our first topic. Over 30 and you're short. You're not welcome in NXT. NXT. Let's go ahead and let's throw it to to Moondog first. Moondog, the whole concept of being over 30 years old, being too short, a WWE memo recently went out. Not sure if you got a chance to see it, but um, what do you think about this? Uh, I don't know who crafted it, but they're still using the word midget, and it's in a very derogatory term. And uh, NXT looks like they're wanting to once again go back to the way it was in 2012, Yikes. Your thoughts on this? Do you think this is good, or is this just another mistake they've made?
10: Uh, oh, boy. Um, if they want you and you're 30 and you're 5'4", or whatever the fuck, if they want you that bad, they'll still get you. But I'm thinking that's more towards people setting in tape and uh, going in for tryouts, because I know they have, they have that uh, tryouts during SummerSlam weekend in Vegas this month. And I think they're going to be doing – they're actually going to be doing a lot of those from uh, f- from what I've heard through the grapevine of uh, res- wrestling talk. Um, but, I, I mean, they, they did it a few years ago, too, um, when they were looking for people who are 205 pounds and lighter. That was because they were trying to build the cruiserweight division. So this is probably just going to be for a little bit, and then eventually they'll either lax or they'll have a new thing where here's what we're looking for. That's sort of deal. But, 30 a, and short, Ugh. oh boy, yeah. that's yep. that's rough for anybody who's been on there for a while and just so happens to be short,
1: you know. It's a tough one because, you know, we've heard in the 80s that it was the land of the Giants and that's all they were looking for right now. And let's go ahead and let's, let's throw this one over to, to oh God, I, Chest. Um... What's your take on this? I mean, in a lot of people's opinions, once again, it's another mindless decision that was made that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And if you're over 30, they don't want you. If you're under six foot, they don't want you. What's the deal?
4: So was this like, I I didn't get a lot of info on this before the show. Was it like an internal memo or something?
1: Yeah, they evidently they released one. And when they were going through cuts, it was John Laranitis. It was... Uh, Bruce Pritchard and Vince and they sent a memo out and they said that they are looking to revamp the NXT brand and they okay. didn't want short people and they don't want old people because evidently 30 is too old in wrestling which doesn't make sense to me but no. they are looking for people who could headline WrestleMania is what they are ultimately looking for.
4: Uh, I think I think it could uh, go to the fact that it might be a bit of a rebuilding phase um, just based on that whole edict that's, you know, if you're over 30 or a certain height, whatever, but, you know, they might want to get you in for the long haul instead of making drastic cuts all the time like they seem to be doing. And uh, that can be a problem. So when we look at it in that respect, um, you got to kind of wonder where all their uh, all their decisions are coming from these days because they're going all over the map. So
1: I don't know. Yeah, they, they seem to be a rudderless ship in a lot of ways. They seem to make decisions, and then all of a sudden, a month later, they change their mind. They make a, yet another decision. Uh, let's go ahead NXT and let's...
8: NXT is rebranding as FRM Pod.
1: Let's... I <laughs>
8: what the fuck they're doing. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing.
1: Let's go ahead and let's bring in the FRM original, the man himself, Mr. Mikey Whiprick. How you doing, buddy? Look at the production value on him. I know. You
10: know I'll tell you what. I'm lousy fucking lousy
8: but i'm good i'm good
1: you look good you look like you're calm and relaxed are you
8: a little the banner at the bottom's wrong should be overweight and short
1: oh over my god <laughs> you're, you're terrible Damn, you're I'm terrible pumped, a lot of people have been following you with the uh with the pub g's i've been pretty successful with with getting people come on over
8: I haven't been playing PUBG. I haven't really done anything. Um, what did we do last?
4: It's a cup game, wasn't it?
8: I played the fucking cup game. Fuck that game. That game. <laughs>
4: yeah. Fucking oh, Cuphead.
8: <laughs> Cuphead. Fuckhead. Mugman. Fuck his ass. What? The um, what else fuck did we have? Are you we had. Talking uh, about? Then we tried. We tried Fortnite, which oh. was a little bit better. That's like PUBG on acid. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me how I know that. But it um, it was all right, yeah. And then we did a watch along. We watched uh, Night of the Living Dead, which I would never seen in its entirety.
2: Ooh, did so you like it?
8: Good. Yeah, it was good. I liked the uh, the unhappy finish at the end. I'm always a big fan of that.
1: You can't always give them what they want. You got to give them what they think they want, but it's really what you
2: want. Uh, I'm completely unless you're, lost unless there. You're
8: the, unless you're the WWE, then you've never given them what they want. This is what true. what they want you to want, which you don't want, which they don't want either.
1: Let me ask you the question then. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, the, the edict being thrown out there is if you're 30 or over and you are not tall, they are not welcoming you into NXT anymore. They are rebranding. They're changing the way they're doing things. But here's my question, Mikey. Why? Why is it this edict of an age limit? Why is it an edict of a height limit? I don't understand that.
8: I'm thinking what what Vince's theory is, and this is just a guess, is that he remembers when his product was popular, whether it be the 80s. Now listen, when they were in the 80s, right? The mid-80s. All these guys were like in their early to mid-30s. Pipe. Orndorff, Hogan, they were all a little bit older at this point, okay? But that's kind of irrelevant. They were big guys. They were fucking huge. Right? Then you have in the in the early 90s, the mid-90s, mid, mid, mid 90s, he went with that new generation thing with Sean and Brett and these guys were smaller and the popularity went down. Then they went back again now to guys that were like 6'4", Six two, six three, Taker, Kane, um, the Rock was tall. All those guys were tall, and when their pop, their product was on fire. Um, now that they have all, not all, but mostly smaller guys, uh, their product's not as popular. So I'm thinking that Vince is thinking, well, we had smaller guys in the in the early to mid '90s, our popularity was way down, and now that our guys are all small. And that that our popularity is down. So I'm going to guess that he's thinking that he needs people to look like stars and be six four, six five, six six, seven eight, nine ten.
1: So guys like Damian that's Priest that's right. is is perfectly what he wants. He wants a a good looking, charismatic guy. But but not everybody is of that nature. I mean, like a Tommaso Ciampa and a Johnny Gorgano per se. They're really good. They don't happen to fit that height. He doesn't, and there's... He, doesn't
8: care, he doesn't care about good. It's always been said, and it's true, that he wants people that are going to look at them in the airport. You're not going to look at Johnny Gargano twice walking through an airport.
1: Don't you think Johnny's happy about that?
8: <laughs> I, I don't know, but that, I mean, but that's what it is. You know? I mean, it, it's same with Adam Cole. These guys are amazing workers. Chompa's the same thing. I mean, they, they, they're amazing. But Vince doesn't give a fuck about workers. He never did.
1: Sparley, it's a shame a guy like an Amazing Red could have had an amazing career in WWE because of how good he is. But I guess if you don't fit the mold, you're not going to get looked at.
8: Vince didn't even want to push Ray.
1: I did hear about that.
8: He's like the greatest high flyer ever. And Vince didn't want to push him. He didn't want to push Eddie Guerrero because he was small, 5 foot 7.
1: And Daniel Bryant was extremely the rare exception because didn't, he's didn't want to push him either.
8: He wanted to push Batista instead. And then Roman Reigns. So you can see the pattern that has developed over you know 30 years, 35 years.
1: Let me uh let me ask you uh the butt. Let me ask you this buddy. You are, I don't know if I would say a huge WWE guy. Um, What do you think about the whole concept of only small guys as far as NXT? They're out. Big guys are in. And God forbid you're on your 29th birthday. You ain't getting an invite once you go ahead and hit 30.
7: Big guys draw more appeal due to the fact that they're right uh you know you, you notice a guy that's six four five whatever 250 280 pounds but you no know, you will notice him in the airport and like you guys just said you're not gonna look at Johnny gargano twice I mean he's five and a half feet tall he's a little gaffer um the, the 30 year thing I don't know I mean at 30 you're not old you still got a lot of a lot of life left in you one would assume depend on injuries and, and how you look after yourself but uh, it would be a missed opportunity if they went purely with the you got to be a big person and you know I agree you need some young people but you have to grow your product you can't have a bunch of geezers in there but you don't need to have a bunch of kids either somebody's got to teach the kids that's kind of how that works it it's a missed opportunity if they go with that idea. Wrestling when they had all the big giant men, it wasn't as good as what it is when you had the smaller guys. Yeah, the ratings might have been better, but once again, it's because your casual fan is flipping by. He sees uh, a guy like Kane back in the day, just an absolute monster. You're going to stop and look because the guy's a freak. Versus when you see smaller guys such as your your Brett and Sean back in the day, they're not as impressive because they're they're kind of average-looking dudes. I don't know. But if they go with that route of big young guys and girls, I think that's going to be a missed opportunity. I don't see that panning out well for them.
1: Vince has always been big on the more of a, of a caricature, more of a superhero kind of larger-than-life type of person. Renegade, let me let me throw it over to you here. Do you think it's also a missed opportunity, or do you think, no, I think it's a good time to hit the reset button. We need to go ahead and revamp the way things have been going because we got more competition out there, and if we don't evolve, then we're going to start falling behind.
11: I think... Well, I certainly think that uh, with them losing in the ratings when they were going head-to-head with AEW didn't help matters at all. And I think that got Vince's attention enough to say, we have to do something different here because uh, he already didn't have enough respect for NXT as it was. So I know he doesn't see much value in a lot of those guys. And, uh, you know, I for one, I'm not for roster dumping per se. I am for drawing in bigger guys because I feel like uh, over the last few years, they've gotten a lot smaller and smaller and smaller. And you know, you're know, you're missing some of these. Uh, one of the things I heard was they're looking for guys to future main event WrestleMania. And I don't think Vince looks at NXT with a lot of promise there. Uh, and on a side note, do you think if Johnny Gargano changed his name to Johnny Gargantuan, it gives him a chance to maybe stick around by tricking bits?
1: Oh, oh, oh. So a little bit of uh, strategery being used right there, right? Yes. Johnny Gargantuan. Uh, let's throw it over to my uh, follically challenged friend, Mr. Ritt. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, by the way?
2: Well, one thing is, is. When you said that they're they're resetting and going back to, like, 2011, 2012, was that the era of we're doing stupid uh, relay races and stuff like that?
1: That was the post-FCW pre-NXT stuff. So I don't remember necessarily relay races. That that may have happened. Um, I don't really remember it very much in its infancy.
2: Because uh, uh, I remember something along the lines of, you know, the, the challenges with, like, Darren Young and all of them doing stupid, yep. stupid challenges. Like, we're, we're doing keg, keg chases and oh, keg I carrying remember carrying and now. stuff like that. And I'm like, wait, this is wrestling? Yeah. You know, so if they're going back to that, you might as well just take it off the air and no one's going to watch that. And my second point is... Over thirty and short, you're not welcome at NXT. So when are they uh, releasing Vince McMahon? Six one's not very you know tall. No, and he's definitely way over thirty. This is true. You know, whose pictures the same way? Get him out of there. You know, when are they gonna start releasing creative? You know the writers. You know, I, uh, I, I think I was gonna say a guy can only go with so much that you that you write for him. You know. Then guess what? It's it's on the writer, it's not on the guy.
1: I think forty people to have in a writer's meeting is ridiculous. It it does not take forty people to write two different programs. However, I have with that
8: people on a podcast is a bit obscene as well, but hey, fuck it, we'll
5: do it. <laughs> I just don't I
1: don't well, think true. it takes that much brain power to go ahead and write a three hour television show. But that's just my take. I feel like it's I think they're overcomplicating a very easy situation. All right. Uh, This was interesting. The NWA has announced that they have a sellout for their upcoming pay-per-view, which is going to be in a ballroom, which is exciting. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot about the NWA in recent uh, memory. We haven't really talked about them a lot, but this is going to be the all-women's pay-per-view. I know that a lot of people are excited about that. Moondog, let me throw it over to you first. What's your take on this new twist? that NWA is trying to do
10: if it's it's great it's sold out too so that shows that women's wrestling is strong and I'm excited to to at least see a match or two from it um there was a name they announced that I was excited for it was uh uh they were a trans women uh trans woman wrestler that I was like cool so uh but other than that I can't wait to check it out they got all these names on it too so
1: they do. There's a lot of big names on there. Obviously, Camille is going to be going against Legit Layla Hirsch, which I love Legit Layla Hirsch. Uh, the Ritt and I talk about her all the time. That's another example of it doesn't matter what height you are. I think if you're good, you're good. And that's always been my take on wrestling. Um, I don't necessarily think the optics always need to be the most focal point. Uh, let's go over the third uh, to ch- – I keep want to call it Chester, but it's not. It's Chester Rockwell. Uh, right. what, what's your take on the NWA? We know that they have been staying afloat, not by much, but it looks like they're trying to inject some new life into the product.
4: Uh, they're trying and they're providing an alternate to, uh, everything else that's out there right now. It's more, uh, it's more throwback wrestling, which I think everybody can tell obviously when they see it, but, and they're not, they're not the first to do a all women's pay-per-view, but by the same token, um, they're at least trying to have Mickey James spearhead it, which is, which is great because she's got tons of experience in that field as far as uh, trying to push, you know, how far women's wrestling can go, and that's great. And, I mean, the fact that it's sold out, that's, that's, a, that's a real good sign for them and that, you know, whatever they're putting out right now is actually getting some traction. So I'm all for it.
1: I think it's interesting um, when it comes to selling venues out. We're going to throw it to Renegade here. So women's wrestling, um, the WWE several years ago went ahead and they started to do their, their own women's revolution. And a lot of people balked at that and said, nah, it really, really wasn't. You know, TNA had done it before. And what do you think about this third version of it? Do you think that this has more feeling to it because it's more about the stars than it is about a company trying to pat themselves on the back.
11: Yeah I think so I mean it's it's good for them to you know hopefully they can uh, get some eyes on this and, and build some excitement around it as women's wrestling has, has not really been um, seen on the same level uh, for, for a long time. And they did have the women's revolution there for a while, but it didn't have a lot of staying power, and you're already starting to see uh, a, a dip in it. So if they can build some excitement back around it and get some eyes on on what they're doing and, and get some staying power and, and, uh, and you know bring some attention to the women's division. I think it's great for them.
1: All right, ask Man, let me ask you this question. So NWA has realized that on our own, we cannot do it. However, if we work together with other promotions, we are building more interest in our product. Um, I've never been a big fan of the studio wrestling. Like to know what your thoughts of that are and what your thoughts are on the upcoming all women's pay-per-view.
7: I don't follow NW, NWA much. Uh, I did look up their, their pay-per-view lineup. Um, they haven't really announced a whole lot of matches from what I've seen. A lot would have a uh, one wrestler named and a, uh, to be determined, uh Leila Hirsch is on it. That's solid, she's great. Uh Mickey James, fantastic. They has been said they definitely have some names. I don't know if it has any legs to it or not. I think it's probably gonna be a one off. Unfortunately. They just don't have any they don't have a, a strong fan base, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. And a lot of these women don't have much of much drawing power, so I just don't know how far it's been to go, unfortunately. I hope they do great with it. I just don't see it happening.
1: No, I agree with you. I think it's it's a tough thing right now because they don't have much of an audience. And I think once you are already behind the eight ball with not having an audience, trying to get eyes on your product is even harder to promote a product. And I think they're realizing right now, hey, if we team up with Impact, if we team up with AEW, maybe we can get some some momentum rolling here. On a side question, do you think Impact has really benefited from the relationship with AEW as much?
7: No. What is it going to be? for fans? No.
1: Well, I, I I think it's interesting because we've often talked about the topic of, you know, has Impact Wrestling really benefited much from this and i think in some ways they have but in other ways they haven't uh mikey let me throw it to you uh women's wrestling a whole card of just them with what you know of who's going to be on it do you think it's uh do you think it's going to work fine work draw enough attention to make it successful to have billy corgan to say you know what we're going to do it again
8: Maybe. We're still thirty years behind Japan when it comes to women's wrestling. Very true. At least 30 years um until everybody gets on the same page with women's wrestling, it's never gonna be taken completely seriously. The, the, the NWA on their show and TNA still calls their championship the knockouts championship. Which is a throwback to the girls because they were hot. They were knockout. Right. So right away you are on your, your NWA paper view you're already having that stigma. Just by having that title named that way, I you.
1: and it is kinda of hard to get away from something like that, especially well, when it's not
8: just change the fucking name.
1: Well, do you feel like that's hard to get Impact the stigma away? Champion?
8: No. It's not. If you if you get behind it and you do it right a perfect example is uh, Thunder Rosa. Yes. And Britt, Mm -hmm. they had a great match. Britt got over not for her work, but for the story, but her in that fucking wheelchair. That's what got her over, right? And then they went out there and they backed it up in the ring. I mean, they got color and everything. I mean, it was you know, well Jerry and I had a long talk. When when Jerry texts me says, "Please don't be mad at me." (laughs) But when you have a company that's going to get behind the girls like uh, aew kind of does um when you put them in a spot and the girls deliver you're gonna you're gonna have success and if you continue doing that the people will get used to it and the people will just naturally come along if you try to shove it down your throat and people can see right through it which that that wwe's women's revolution thing is when you only had I mean, honestly in, in that whole thing how many of the girls were capable of being out there and being that good
1: i would say probably just a few
8: just a few so people see right through it and then when you have to have charlotte who's already a 36 time champion <laughs> uh, okay. you know when you when you have charlotte and you have uh sasha banks who gets very sloppy at the point you have bailey you have uh oscar
1: was naomi in that one
8: I don't know, she might have been. But I don't know, I'm not saying that. The, the, but this is what they had, you know what I mean? They only have a handful of girls that that can really work and really uh, stand up to that level. And when you don't, the fans today are smart enough, they're going to see right there. So it's, it's just, it, it, It's it, everybody has to get behind it. And if you're going to get behind it, you got to do it full tilt. And if you don't, <laughs> you do the start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. It's it's just going to flop, and it's not going to be taken seriously. It's
1: like Santino, I, I don't know if I ever asked you this question. Studio wrestling, I mean, studio wrestling in itself is very niche, um, especially when you have a small group of people in a studio. But when you have no people in the studio, I think it makes it even harder to watch. Would you agree? Even more so than like an empty arena?
8: No, an empty an empty crowd, uh, you know, uh, is, is shitty whether you're doing it in fucking the Madison square garden, or you're doing it in a fucking TV studio, no crowd sucks.
1: I've often wondered why ring of honor has chosen to still go that route. Ring of honor is still doing a lot of tapings where there is nobody when clearly, you know, WWE, AEW, some of the other promotions as well have moved forward with having some level of an audience. Um, You know, they have one or two announcers tops, and they're only working once every couple of weeks from the people that we've talked to.
8: Right. Well, it's just, it's the fucking leadership of the company. You know, just just like the country as a whole. You have some governors who are fucking saying, fuck this, we're going full tilt, we're getting people vaccinated, and fuck it. Then then you have the other governors who are saying, no, let's let's hold on. Let's take a step back, let's think about this. And they're a little bit more... uh, Reserve, and you can have companies that do the same thing. Obviously, the, the ownership of Ring of Honor they want to hold back, they want to, you know, take those extra steps to keep protecting their performers and, and the staff.
1: That brings us to our next topic. I'm going to start off with uh, chess, chess Rockwell. Chess, uh, most yes. recently, this is ridiculous, but it's gotten traction. Uh, Gary Wolf. I came out with a conspiracy theory um, that Vince McMahon really owns AEW and the fact that people are leaving WWE to go to AEW. It's a big work and et cetera, et cetera. I I don't understand where some of these concepts or these ideas come from. However, some people legitimately believe that. What's your thoughts on this conspiracy theory? And do you think anybody's really taking it seriously?
4: It just looks... (laughs) It's a conspiracy theory. So right there when you say that, you know, you're already questioning any validity that goes to it. So I don't know. Uh, Gary Wolf hasn't been in the spotlight for a while. So who knows? I could just be just something to get attention. I don't know. I don't know the guy. I, you know, seems like a good guy from everything I've ever seen. But, um, you know. it's funny when like people come up with those conspiracy theories, like, you know, even when like, you can go to extreme example, like, you know, the whole, with the Benoit thing that happened and then everybody's like, well, Kevin Sullivan was involved. Like just stupid shit like that. It's so, it's, it's unnecessary. So it's like, you know, someone just takes a little bit of an idea like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if, you know, Vince was funding AEW, ha ha ha. And then like, it just blows up. It's stupid. It's so fucking dumb. It's, it's, it's. There's no validity to it at all. Obviously, they're, they're competitors. It'd be the same as saying he owned part of WCW or something when they were at their peak. Like it's dumb. You know, I I don't even know what to say about it. It's, it's no just stupid to me.
1: I agree. I didn't understand when the comment came out, and I'm still confused today. Uh, but let me ask you this. I know conspiracy theories. Just like the the Benoit situation was a great example, but the whole Montreal screwjob thing, you know, there's there's people out there who legitimately believe the whole thing was a big work, um, which I don't buy into in my opinion. But it is what it is. Sometimes these conspiracies live on years and years beyond after they've happened. Do you think that Vince owns? a AEW, and somehow is making Tony Khan work for him?
7: No, it's fucking dumb. No, Vince is not on AEW. Why? This makes zero sense whatsoever. You got to twist this around in 47 different ways to make this logical in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I read the article, or one article about it, and Gary Wolf is saying it's similar to when um, uh, Vince was, or Heyman, I guess, was in, in with Vince and whatnot and with the ECW brand. I don't see it. I, I think it's foolish, to be quite honest with you. I don't know why he's coming out with it. It just doesn't make sense. It makes as much sense as the second shooter with JFK. Hey. Foolishness.
1: I am not going to disagree with you on that. Uh, let's sort of a resident wrestler Moondog. Um, there's only so many ways you can position this question, but is what, what's your take on it? I'm not even going to ask you if you believe in it, but what's your take on when you hear something that sounds this out there?
10: I learned pretty quick that wrestlers are, uh, everything's a conspiracy. Everything, oh, that guy's fucking that guy. I've heard a lot of that. For some odd reason, which I obviously don't believe and think is horseshit, sh- um, you'll get used to it. Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> <laughs> figured. So there's so each conspiracy is different. The Montreal screwjob thing, I can see why a wrestler would think that's a work because you know, look, look what business we're in. Stuff like the Benoit stuff, that's fuck off. Come on. That's gross. But think about it. If if the Montreal thing was at work, think about it. If it yeah. turned himself
8: to the biggest heel in wrestling. Exactly. And then went to the program with Austin.
10: Right. Hmm. So I could, hmm. I could, I don't know if I personally, I, I, I really don't know. That's a whole podcast of itself, whether or not that's true or not. It, there's, there's that evidence. Um, but, um. This no, I, I no, there's no way. That and um it's kinda like what I, I heard Vince Russo first bring this up when AEW first started where he thought he 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 thought that um Vince was in on it, McMahon was in on AEW and then there was which is funny because if years ago uh in WCW when Russo went there and Russo was uh being Russo, a lot of the, I guess a lot of the WCW wrestlers thought that Vince sent McMahon sent Russo in to be like a mole or some shit to just sabotage to sabotage it. Cause shit like that. So like wrestlers will say one wrestler will say something maybe as a joke or as to be legit, and then it just gets it sputters, 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 and then here we are. So it's uh it's quite it's it's a story, but I I don't believe it whatsoever, and it's. Like Mikey said, get used to hearing conspiracy theories. Like, oh, that guy got that way because he blew that dude. That that's <laughs> sorry. So,
1: do you think a lot of that stuff, honestly, is is jealousy? Is there a lot of? I mean, in oh, your yeah. opinion, without naming names, do you think a lot of jealousy exists?
10: Well, no shit. Yeah, it's wrestling. <laughs> There's egos, jealousy, all that shit. We all we all gotta have a little bit of it. So
1: so from one to Katie Vick, how much how much bullshit is this?
10: Well, Katie Vick's not a conspiracy. It's, it's no, Kate Ka- Kate.
1: <laughs> Katie Vick is just god-awful horse shit. Would you that, say this, that's is, this the, is... That's
8: where COVID-19 came
1: from. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H and a cane mask created COVID. Oh, my God. You can't make this stuff up. Renegade, <laughs> let me throw it to you. Uh, Gary Wolf, very successful wrestler, um, comes out with a statement like this. You're a critical thinker. Do you try to position this in different ways to see somebody's perspective on it? Or do you think I just dismiss it immediately?
11: Uh, Upon first hearing something like this, it's, it's a, well, that's a little outrageous, but I think you can break it down and go, all right, is, does he have any kind of valid points and could it be possible? This one, I don't see it. Um, There's a lot that doesn't really add up. Uh, Why would you? Take your most successful show, take some of your top talent, and send them over to the other one, in not good a good light. You know, somebody like Moxley goes over there and just trashes the old place, and uh, a, a lot don't have good things to say about it. Have had bad experiences. I, I don't think you would do that. Give yourself a negative image just to promote the other place. Uh, plus, in the information age, that would have leaked. Uh, somebody would have found that out, even if it was some third sister subdivision company that you bought it through. <laughs> somebody would find out they would link it all together and
1: trademarks and who's doing this and who's got copyrights to that. Yes, uh,
11: there was a there was a day and age where I think that could have been done quietly. Uh, only somebody, you know, with the right hookups and things like that could really dig and find out. But. You know, with the way things are now and, and so much information is is, uh, is available to anyone, you could find that out. And it would have leaked. Uh, he wouldn't have been the one to spread that story. It would have been uh, from somewhere else. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything anything to this one. I do want to say about the Montreal Screwdown, the one thing that, that sticks with me about that one is um, Scott Hall, yep. one of Sean's closest friends, it believes it was a work. Uh, so that one kind of shocked me a little
1: bit wasn't well, that where he came out and said look look he goes Vince is in charge of everything they got a tight camera shot right on the spit on the face yep. they they did all of this stuff it really looked like it was and and uh Scott said if that was not a work they would have been told to fucking cut away get away from this get off of this shot go to the announcers but they framed it nice and tight and I don't know
11: Not only that, but he's one of Sean's closest friends. Do you think Sean's going to keep that from him forever and not really disclose to him what the truth is?
1: Do you think there would be a problem if one of the guys came out, either Brett or Sean, and completely admitted to the whole thing? Would that be a problem, or do you think at this point nobody would care? Problem for who? (sighs) Well, just for anybody. I mean, just to know the truth. I mean, do you take something that private and that secretive all the way to the end of your career, or do you just – at some point, say, you know what? Eh, who cares? Well, it almost seems
11: like they're willing to do so. If that's the case, um, we're so far removed from it that what would what would hurt now for for the truth to come out? Uh, none of those guys are are active uh, performers. You don't see them very often. It's I don't think it would change much. So I don't see the need to keep it a secret. This, time, but I think if you're going this far, and if it really was the truth, they're going to take it all the way to the grave.
1: Well said. Let's throw it over to my uh, my partner here. Uh, Ritster, what's your take on Gary Wolf? Really quick, just to wrap this topic up here.
2: Well, my big thing is, if Vince owned AEW, wouldn't you think that the storylines would be a lot shittier? It would be a worse <laughs> product? Because AEW can grab your attention, put, the, put together a nice little story, put together some great matches, where WWE is just a fish out of water.
1: Yeah, I have a, I have a very strong suspicion that um, a lot of people think that this company is going to be around until Vince is dead. Um, I think somebody else is going to be in charge, and I think that needs to happen quickly. Mikey, let me let me ask you this. Uh, you know Gary. Do you think this is just a ha-ha just to have some fun, or do you think... Deep down he honestly believes that there's something to this.
8: I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't I don't really know.
1: What's your what's your take I on it? I disagree with him. Okay. But,
8: but here's here's my thing though, right? So Vincent's releasing all these guys. Right? And AEW is gonna pick up something, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think so. If you're somebody on the AEW roster from the very beginning right and you're there and you see that your television time now is going to be uh reduced significantly because all the guys Vince is bringing in uh Tony's bringing it and all them what are you going to think
7: I'm be pissed off.
1: Yeah, I think you'd be a little upset. I mean, just for the fact that it's it's less uh, less meat on the bone for you. It can't it be the same thing to be. This
8: is when this is when grumbling happens in the locker. This is the start of it right here. Because the guys and the girls are going to start to resent it. Maybe not publicly, or maybe not, you know, yeah. So everybody can see it, but you know when the clicks get together, there's going to be going, you just know. And that's where the problems can get.
1: Do you think it's the same situation and then, where... And
8: then, not only that, you're going to start talking then, then you're going to start hearing about money, which I don't think anybody's heard about from AEW, aside from the EVPs getting millions of dollars. I don't think anybody really knows or is discussed what all these
1: people are making, or, or if all these people are actually signed too? Correct. I mean, some of these guys and gals are working on certain deals. Um, we we talked to. Oh my goodness, his movie's coming out, Rit. Uh, refresh my memory here.
2: Uh, um, Danny Armlight.
1: Yep. Danny, Danny, yeah. Limelight. And he said that he's on a certain contract that there's like a levels of contracts, and he was like on a level zero. Um, and I I wonder if there is a tiered system when it comes to something like that, where you're getting paid per appearance, but you're not necessarily on the books.
2: Right. Well,
8: think about it. Look look at the people they brought in. So they brought in. boxy well, was there. The so, but well, they brought in Sting. They brought in Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy, Christian, The Big Show, Mark Henry, Miro. Miro, Andre, they got uh, Malachi Black now,
1: mm-hmm.
8: um, Chavo Guerrero, Vicky, um, Vicky Guerrero. I, so think about it. If you've been there forever, what are you thinking? Matt Hardy. And you and people wonder why Vince made that comment. Maybe they, we can give them some more people. Because look, look who they took. That was well, Vince's comment. I guarantee it. That was Vince's comment.
1: I probably it was, was directed at that, yes.
8: Yes. I don't think it was a, well, we're going to just fire more people because we're going to fire people. It, that was a shot at them saying, you're just taking all our people. And that's what you are using. We're using the WWE guys to get yourself. Over.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot to be said for the numbers. The numbers don't lie. I mean, some of their numbers aren't that great now with Raw and Smackdown as we saw with WCW, even when the, the war started, it wasn't an immediate takeover. It took a little bit of time for that to happen. And, I think they're in their what sixth week in a row over a million. And, in grant that's not you know whipping the world, but I think they're going to continue to grow.
8: Right, but with poor leadership and shit all over the place and dissension, WCW imploded.
1: Do you feel like that they, has? They, to had, s-
8: they had that what eighty-two weeks or whatever it was.
1: Eighty-three, yeah. Three
8: weeks. Well, who knows? What and what did WCW do? They took all Vince's guys and. They got over for a little bit. They, they didn't establish anybody new, and they imploded.
1: Could you guys also agree right now that AEW is doing a better job at establishing stars, at, at establishing what the next generation is going to be, more so than WWE is right now? I mean, you know, when you got your MJFs and you got, obviously, uh, Hangman Adam Page, you got... Um, it, Oh, shoot, Sammy Guevara, you have a lot of the people that are showing up on Dark as well. I feel like they have a good foundation of what's in the future where I feel like WWE is is, is reaching back. I mean, bringing back John Cena, uh, probably not necessarily the best move. Um, bringing back Where's some of the older guys. The I,
10: like, I don't know about that. Well, I think Cena might be a good move. <laughs> was, he
8: popped all the houses. Yeah.
1: But Cena also made a comment. He said he feels like WWE is going to be in a bad position. This was a quote he made when all they do is focus on bringing old guys back. And right. it's a He's been there. Bear. It's a been there, done that they haven't developed anybody. They, they said the last person that they've really developed was Roman Reigns. And that's been quite a while. So interesting when it comes to the conspiracy theory. Um, let's go on to our next one here. So SummerSlam, it is going to be at, let's uh, me in Las Vegas and now Cook County, Las Vegas. Um, is saying that they are going to have to wear masks. How in the hell are you going to enforce all of this? I don't care how many security guards you have. We're going to throw it to the butt first. How are you even going to remotely come close to enforcing this?
7: Simple. Wear your mask, fuck off, and leave. It's not rocket science.
1: Well, no, but I'm saying if people take them off, I mean, how are you...
7: Well, I'm sure you would be allowed to take them off for, for your... Beverages or your food or whatnot, but it's real simple, guys. Like let's not fuck around here. The rules are: I, wear a mask or get out. You don't want to wear a if mask. You only, if, you only, out.
8: if you can only take your mask off when you're eating or drinking, I would be so drunk. <laughs> well, I'd <laughs> be half in before I'd be on the floor.
7: Yep. But if, Let, you can't but if the it, rules you are, can't, you, you
10: can't afford.
1: No, they're, they're, you, you can't. Mikey's rocking a, a chin diaper by the end of the night. <laughs> I mean, mean, when you think about this, though, um, Greg, how how do you, though? Let's say somebody is out in the crowd and they're having a good time and they're eating, drinking, whatever. They're not going to have some usher walk up to them and tell them they have to leave. I mean, that that's the last thing, because everyone's going to take their mask off immediately when they get to their seat.
10: When they get. Yeah, when they try WrestleMania, there was a ton of people that weren't wearing masks, even though they were supposed to. But it all depends. They'll probably just, hey, guys, be cool. And that's it. Uh, if someone's being obnoxious and stirring shit, maybe that'd be different. But there's there's always so much you can do. Humans are humans. People are people. And, and I agree with Butt, where It's like, fuck off. Look, just, just put on your mask and fuck off. I mean, if you want to see the show that bad, look, I got to – I got my first concert ticket in September. If they told me I had to wear a mask, as long as I can still go to that fucking concert, I'll wear a mask. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, just want, I just want to see a concert again. know, well, That's how desperate I am to see live entertainment. I am going gonna...
8: to... I hate wearing a fucking mask. Absolutely fucking hate
10: it. Oh, I can't stand it right. either.
8: But, out of respect for other people, I will wear it. I am vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Not that that means fucking thing. But... I put the fucking mask on. If I get it somewhere, they say put a mask on, I put it. Like, because you have two choices. You can either put the mask on and stay, and, uh, you know, stay at the establishment, or you can say, I don't want to do that, and you can leave. It's really simple. Well, I don't know why people make a fucking big deal.
1: Exactly uh mr rockwell uh are they going to be able to enforce this i mean let's be honest you're walking through the concourse you're behaving you're looking like a good little soldier but at the end of the day you get to your seat and, and if you're with a crowd of people that you bought tickets with guarantee no one's going to be taking it uh putting it back on after they take it off
4: yeah I'm, <clears throat> i mean imagine imagine you're watching on pay-per-view and you're going to see security guards going up and down the aisles up and down the aisles you know, telling off every every other person for taking theirs off? No, it's not going to happen. So it's it's more a uh, it's more just a thing to say. Hey, we're trying to enforce this, and we did our part. And if the customers decide that they don't want to take part in that, that's on them, not on us. And we can only do so much, because like I said, if you're if you've got on the TV when you're watching a match, and you're just going to see random security guards going up to certain people, people are going to start talking about it.
5: Mm-hmm. It's,
4: it's it's the same thing in my work. Like, you know, they, they say they're going to, any customer that comes in that isn't wearing a mask, they're going to call law enforcement. Do they ever do it? No. Do the people get to walk through without masks sometimes? Yes. Is there a, is there a rule in place and a law in place? Yes. But do they give a fuck? No. Because money talks.
7: It's mm-hmm. so a shitty so, management.
4: Tell me thing, about it. Who, who What's going to happen? Come
8: 9.30, when all these fucking people have been drinking for three hours or
5: two hours. hmm Chin the diapers. Are
8: drinking. The pe- yes, the people without the mask are drinking. Now you have people getting a little ballsy. Yep. They're fucking getting mad at each other. Now you're going to have fights breaking out. The, yep. the maskers and the anti-maskers. Oh, it's going to be fucking... Might be better than the show.
4: I wish you Let's took say, the... I- Yep. <laughs> let's do it that was my point that was my point it's just going to cause a disturbance in the in the stands you're going to see security guards on camera starting to tell people off and fights are going to start to happen it's not going to work it, yeah. it's only it's only just it's just talk it's not going to actually do anything some people will actually decide to obey it but it doesn't mean it's going to you know be some grand solution
7: then why the hell the owners
8: of the owners of the building might get a nice influx of cash that day.
9: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
8: suppose and, and the security guards will be told, don't worry about it. Just let yeah. It
9: go. We yeah, said what we had to a, say.
8: Don't put yourself in a bad situation.
4: Right.
1: Uh, Renegade, let me ask your thoughts on this one. Um, obviously, I know, and I think everybody on the panel would do their best to abide. Okay? We're not looking to rock the boat. We want to have a good time. We want to watch a show. However, not everybody thinks that way. Um, Do you also agree with the rest of us when we say good luck on enforcing that? And like with Mikey and and what Liam said, if you try to confront somebody, either a masker or non-masker or security uh, with a little liquid courage, some fists are sure to fly.
11: Well, yeah, everybody's uh, frustrated with all this. Uh, You know, we just got to a point where everyone's taking them off. Now you're telling them to put them back on. I mean, A lot of people are going to say enough's enough, but I really think the only enforcement you're going to end up having is entry into the building. That's it. Once they're in, they take them off, you're not going to throw out three quarters of your audience. They're not going to enforce it after that. It's impossible. So I I do feel like they'll just let that go. But the only real enforcement is uh, on the way in the door, if you're not wearing your mask, you're not getting in. That'd be about the only thing they could do. So everyone will probably play ball to get in, inside. But as soon as they get in, it, it, I mean, it's not much different than before when they said you have to wear your mask to enter a restaurant. But once you get in and sit down, you can take it off. How stupid is that?
1: It makes no it, sense whatsoever.
11: Exactly. So um, it, it doesn't matter. I think we just make this stuff up as we go. Uh, some fall for it, some don't. It, whatever. I mean, I just don't think they're going to to be able to enforce it.
1: I agree. Uh, moving on here, this was a topic I thought might be interesting to bring up. Who's going to get cut next? Um, Me. <laughs> mm. We're, we're going to start off with uh, with Mr. Savage here. Sorry, I'm not, I, I'm going to butcher your name. What was your name when it was? Um, oh my god, Edge's name on the Indies what was Sexton
10: it? Hardcastle. Sexton
1: Hardcastle. Yeah. Very How do you good. forget
10: a name as glorious
1: as that? I don't know. It's freeling for you. I've got low T. Uh, let's go ahead. And let's let me ask you here. <laughs> no, it's it's factual. Um, what's your take on who you think would get cut next? If you had to pick a name, um, just based upon what we know of what people have been released, who do you think could be next?
4: Oh man, like there was there was a bunch of names that came to my mind just out of nowhere, just and it's not for any particular reason. It usually seems that the people that get released it's it's rarely that it's a real big name like Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt they seem to be the exceptions I I'm sure there's others but I can't think of any at the moment but it seems to be usually people that have barely been on TV that are PC students basically for lack of a better word or people that have had a little bit of a role but not too much to speak of so I'm thinking of the people like Umberto Carrillo, mm-hmm. Akira Tazawa, a lot of those twenty-four-seven people. Reginald, that dumbass. Uh, you know, there's, there's there's quite a few people, you know, Boa, people like that. Um, it I, 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 I seem to think that it's if you don't have anything really established where it's like the fans are really clamoring for you there's a good chance they will be gone. And even if they are clamoring for you, it can be gone too. But I mean, it just seems to, history seems to dictate that it'll be the lower level people, mostly with the odd superstar, upper tier star, thrown in for good measure.
1: So I'm going to ask you a point blank here. Adam Cole, does he stay and sign or does he leave?
4: I think based on him, it, just, just how he's been. Like you could say he's gonna stay with NXT because he has a big investment in that. But if I was him, I'd say I've done everything there. Put me on the main roster if I'm not there and can help turn things around for you guys. See you later. I don't think, and, and you know, odds are he's not gonna do very well in the main roster if he does go up, just because of his size. And it's just that's just how history dictates it. So I would just say no. Go to AEW, go to somewhere else. It doesn't matter at this point.
1: Well said. Moondog, who do you think could get cut? Uh, We've seen a lot of different people. I think one person that could get cut could be Alexa Bliss. She has expressed her grievances uh, a Uh, lot recently. Um, I don't know really what they can do with her. She's not somebody who is a title contender. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of them who aren't really title contenders, such as Nikki Ash, but um, they somehow put her with a championship, but that is what it is. Who do you think could get cut next?
10: I'm shocked. The NXT UK roster hasn't really been touched. I, unless they have, and I just haven't heard about it. Cause NXT UK is one of those that flies under the radar type deal, but, uh, fuck. I don't know, man.
1: I don't, I, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. <laughs> I no, like we're not think we're about not, this shit. <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying we wish anything, but we're just saying based upon the, the optics here, who do you think could lose their job? Because think about it. Adam Cole is what? He's damn near 30, and he's well under six foot. So, I mean, just by the those credentials, he should be gone, but he's no, not. Well, I mean,
10: they want to re-sign him by the sounds of it because they're negotiating with him, but,
1: but what I don't they, think he's going they, to. What would they do with him, though? I mean, you can't put him against a Roman Reigns. That, I mean, that optic— have He's
10: on NXT still.
1: They could just keep
10: doing that. Um, there, if you don't know what to do with Adam Cole, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's Adam Cole. Uh, I, I I don't really have an answer. I, I can't really think of any, but I'm sure with, in Adam Cole's case, I don't think it's a case of them not wanting him. It's a case of him possibly not wanting to stay, you know.
1: Do we still think that uh, Mr. Lee may, at some point in time, get released?
7: Oh, uh, yes. Yep.
1: 100%. I think that would be Probably. a good thing. He's too good. He's too. Uh, he cares too much about what he does to stay in a. In a toxic environment that's not going to appreciate him. So who are you going to give me? Give me a name. Give me somebody. I
10: guess Keith. Keith. Damn you. Which uh, I, I hate saying that. Because uh, he doesn't deserve to get released. He deserves so much more. But, you know.
1: I would concur. Ass man, um who do you think is going to get cut? If you had to look in your Crystal Magic Canadian ball.
7: I had Keith Lee was who came to mind. Um, judging by that memo they sent out, I see a lot of people getting gassed in NXT. Um, I'd kind of like to see... Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano get gassed. Knox, I don't like them. Knox, no, no. No, out. we don't, don't
1: mean like gassed them. as in like getting like lose your career, just get freed.
7: Yes. I'll yes. think
1: of a different gassing, but
7: you know. Whoa, whoa. We're not going dark <laughs> like that. Calm down.
1: We're not We're executing not. people here.
7: It's not Auschwitz.
1: <laughs>
7: oh, I wasn't going to say it, but. Love it. No, oh but I, I, I'd actually like to see them get released Yes, to go somewhere and get pushed and used a little better.
1: No, I mean, look at both of them. Both of them aren't young. I mean, both of them have had their history of injuries. It just surprised me that they haven't taken that into consideration. I mean, how sure, many times guys. have they both been on the shelf numerous times? Um, Ciampa had neck problems, which we all know that's going to catch up with you after a while. Gargano's had knee problems as well as Champa. So uh, how much is really in the tank for them if they're wanting to hit the reset button and have younger people in there?
7: It makes sense.
1: Got to maximize your time with what you have. Renegade, who's going to get the old pink slip on a pole?
11: Well, uh, Keith Lee was also my choice. Um, It wouldn't shock. I mean, I I have heard more cuts are inevitable, so it's going to keep happening, unfortunately. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Tamina get released at some point. Um, uh, there are a few people I would like to see, uh, 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 no longer on their television programming. Cesaro. No, well, for a different reason. Yes. I would like Cesaro to get released so he can be freed and succeed elsewhere where they will appreciate what he has to offer. Miz, just because, because I'm 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 over it, um. And uh, what's this? The bro guy.
1: Oh, Matt Riddle. Matt
11: Riddle. Yeah, yeah.
1: But they've turned him into a caricature. They really have. I mean, just the T-shirt and the scooter. I mean, when you look at him in PWG and you look at him what he did on the Indies, he was a formidable guy. But now they've turned him into basically just a high school pothead. And it's just like, why? Why would you? create this persona for somebody when you know it's it's clearly not going to work.
11: Right, and I, I've heard things where, where Vince was uh, loving the, uh, the Orton thing, the Orton pairing, but if you know anything about what Vince likes, and that's big, tall, giant, muscular, veiny, throbbing men. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm all for it. That that I think he finds at his little, that his private... uh, As we cut to Mikey. (laughs) 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 I think he finds them at his private club that he visits quite often called Hang Danglers. But I've been there. I I don't see Matt Riddle as one of those guys. That's going to main event around him. (laughs) (laughs) I
8: I do wear this hat in public, by the way.
1: With headphones? With the, with the headphones I said on. The
10: hat,
11: I said the hat. <laughs>
10: That's what you want.
11: Yeah, so I, I'm, in I don't see Riddle's future being top tier uh, talent, but not not without a an extreme character overhaul. But you know, but yeah, Keith Lee is probably top on my list to see that that he'll be ushered out the door before too long.
1: Mikey, let me throw it to you. Of all the different guys, there's been a lot of people who've gotten cut, and for reasons we don't know. Bray Wyatt was a re- allegedly, because he had mental health struggles going on, we found that that was debunked. That was not the case. He was cleared from any injuries he had. He was supposed to be coming back in August. That didn't happen. Do you feel like sometimes they throw their hands in the air when they don't know what else to do with someone? Yes. So how do you avoid that? You don't. Do some people just become casualties because creative doesn't know what to do or how to properly use them?
8: You have a creative team of 40 people. You're not going to have any consistency whatsoever. Right. And when you have a creative of 40 people, you're not having... uh, Like when you had three or four people, right you can't get everybody over when you have that many people on the right it's, it's just there's just too much generality there's just too much all over the fucking place and then when you have vince coming in and laying his fucking edict down and they're redoing things all the goddamn time you you can't have consistency and you're not going to get anybody over to that degree because you're not focused so, if they would go back to three or four people booking, I, I think you'd see a whole lot better product um, because you'd have four people in control bouncing ideas off each other directly, instead of forty people and who knows how many clicks you have in those forty people, and it just sucks, really. So there's just too many fucking people. Do too you think fucking, too many chiefs?
1: Do you think they have the horses to actually put on a good show, to have a good company based upon who you know they have?
8: Yes, absolutely. They've had it for years.
1: So the talent, the roster is talented enough to.
8: Yes. But in professional wrestling, there's more than just the wrestling. You need the storylines and the characters behind That's a lot. They're not not missing the athletic part. Right. No, it's just the creative part. It's just fucking terrible.
1: I agree. I agree. It seems like we're all kind of on the same page when it comes to to this. We are quickly, quickly rounding third here as we head for home at the top of the hour. So two more things I want to get to here before we say our fairly wells. Uh, What about this one right here? Best person that you've ever met as far as a wrestling experience. So somebody you met, whether it's at an airport, or whether it's at a show or at the gimmick table during intermission, anybody you met who you thought, man, that lived up to, if not exceeded my expectation. I'm going to go to the ass man first.
7: Uh, for me, it'd be two. Uh, Tommy Dreamer is fantastic. Super nice guy. Uh, I've met him five times. I'll believe now four times. Sorry. He was great. Good conversation. Uh, he seems like a person who actually wants to hear what you have to say. You're not just going to get your autograph and he wants you to fuck off to the next person. Right. Mommy was great. And Tugboat was amazing. Nice. Yeah. When I met him, I was, I'm a big Tugboat, Mark. I was over the moon.
1: Very cool. Um, he does seem to be, in his interviews, a very down-to-earth individual. I mean, I know he's gone back from the celebrity life back to a 9-to-5 life. I think he works like, for a construction company. But he always seemed to, like, not let stuff go to his head. Do you know what I mean?
7: Yeah, and he's a straight-up giant. That man is a giant.
1: Well, Vince should probably be calling him, then. He could main event WrestleMania. <laughs> Maybe Let's go ahead. Let's go to Moondog. Um, I feel like we've had this conversation before, Greg. I feel like there have been people, and I mean, you're meeting a lot of people as it is, but take yourself out of Greg the wrestler and Greg the fan. Who did you get to meet and talk to that you thought, wow, this met every expectation I could have had? Your mic is muted. Be a professional. There you go. From uh.
10: From a little bit, I talked to Mikey. He was always he's always been cool. Then I still cherish, yeah. I I still cherish the action figure. So fuck it, that blew me away. Um, Casey James, if anybody remembers him from two thousand four, two thousand five SmackDown, uh, such a down earth, cool guy. Um, he's from Belvedere, where which is where I'm from. Um, He's like, I learned a lot from him Um, as a fan. I think my favorite time was when I was like 13 and I met Road Warrior Animal at a book signing. And um, of course, I was little and I wanted to be a wrestler. And my dad's like, tell him what you want to be when you grow up. I'm like, "Okay, hey, animal, I want to be a wrestler. And Animal just looks at my dad. He goes, how old is he? He's like, he's like 13. He's like, Jesus, he's a big kid. (laughs) So I thought, holy shit, that is awesome. So, Animal's pretty fucking was pretty fucking cool to meet. I met him second time. He was pissy, but that was because the promoter didn't pay him. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I, in context, like, oh, yeah, I'd be pissed, too. Mm, what are you going to do? Uh,
1: <laughs> you geez.
10: understand his pain now. I've never been paid in wrestling yet, so, like, oh, that's not true. But, you know,
1: what I got to do. <sighs> Very cool. Let's go ahead and throw it over the ass, yes, man. Uh, we already talked to you. My bad. I'm losing my mind. Uh, it's my low T. Let's throw it over to uh, Ch- Chesterfield or whatever the hell you're called this week. Chester, Chester- Rockwell. Chester Rockwell. Yes. Johnny Sextard. Dick. Just- whatever.
4: Sextard? It is. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Okay. You know I'm what?
7: Gonna get kicked off let's, you're just, fired. let's just
1: move on to the question here. Best That's
7: experience. Like
8: while I'm gone. We've had an ouch. with reference.
1: I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. What do we got? Who's your favorite? Best experience?
4: Best experience by far, Terry Funk. And I got to talk to him twice. Wow. Uh, yeah. I I was very blessed for that. Uh, he wrestled in the Toronto area a couple of times um, in the late 90s. And uh, I got to meet him the first time. He was uh, going against Abdul the Butcher, who was a fucking prick. So that was a low life for me. Um, and the second time I got to meet him at one of his, uh, I think I've said it before, but at, at his retirement match, quote unquote, against Sabu <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> which number was club.
9: that? Oh, 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 it was like oh. 13
4: or something. Yeah. It was a <laughs> shirt
9: club. Yeah. It was great.
4: Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And the funny thing about that is, uh, Sabu came out to, uh, here comes a hot step or public enemies, uh, theme music. And he got fucking pissed off, which was hilarious. But, <laughs> that was great, but um, but yeah, and Terry was just total gentleman, total pro, he he had no problem talking to me, just like an old person, that was great, and uh, that made it even better for me, because he's my Mal Rushmore, and I just love Terry to death, so. Um, he's amazing. Yeah, I couldn't say enough good things about Terry, I love the guy.
1: Talk about somebody who played injured. I mean, when you watch Beyond the Mat, the man he was injured all the time and he he still wrestled and didn't say yep. a boo, did anything. He just kept going. I mean, once again, that's that's the work ethic of somebody, and you gotta respect yep. that. Um, yep. Renegade, Lorenzo Lamos. What do we got here? Best experience.
11: I would probably say that the the most seemingly nice person I've I've met. Uh, as a wrestler, Mr. Rock. Um,
1: Whoa, you got to meet Dwayne himself?
11: Yes, sir. Not, not personally, not like a one-on-one got to have a conversation. Well, I, in public, I'm an extremely shy person. I'm not a very, uh, good small talker to people I don't know. Uh, so I'm like, what am I going to say to this guy? So I don't, I don't, you know, get to speak with many of them, but just to, as, um, the energy they gave off, and the, and, and the star level that he was at the time didn't have to come over and talk and, and deal with anybody, honestly. Uh, but the fact that he did, he seemed to enjoy it. Um, you know, I mean, that day, I'll never forget that day uh, where this was pre nine eleven, So security wasn't so strict. And uh, the, the place that they were wrestling at that night, during the day, we went up early to see if we could catch some of them coming in. And next thing you know, I see a bunch of people running down the hill towards the track okay. of, of the college there. As we get down to check it out, and there's wrestlers just walking around all over the place. Chris Jericho was down there, uh, the APA was down there. This is late 90s. Uh, and uh, we get down to the track, and this one official goes, Hey, are you guys are WWE? Do I look like I'm WWE? Yeah, <laughs> and uh,
1: so. Fake it till you per- make it.
11: And I'm pretty sure I walked right by Jazz, if you remember her. Yes. Who couldn't be any more than like four or five. I, she was so small, I didn't even know it was her at first. Um, but so they said, you know, once the, the cart comes by, uh, you have to go stand over there. So we're still out in the open with everybody. And what happened was two, two of their officials were racing each other on the track. Once the that race was over... It was a free for all. You could walk up to anybody. Shane McMahon was down there. Uh, Ivory, um, you know, we went over and met Jericho for for a minute. Chase after the APA, but my uh, friend was having an asthma attack, <laughs> so we didn't we didn't get to talk to them at all. You should have left them. Uh, I would have. Survival <laughs> <laughs> of the fittest.
10: Wow.
11: Yeah. Oh, so. Gosh. uh, yeah, I, I was I appreciated Bradshaw's concern as well because I yelled <laughs> for him to, to stop I turn around and my friend is of near death <laughs> yeah. and I look back and he just to him and fruit just kept walking Wow uh, so it's like well hey uh, you know if they die I'll send you a text or something
2: <laughs> um,
11: just just to keep you up to date but I, I mean that that day that was awesome yeah uh, and, and have never had anything like that since. I can tell you who some of the jerks were, too. By all means. Uh, Fikishi. Plus one. Oh. Did, did not acknowledge a single person. Outside. I mean. It's not like. Um, I, I'm not the type of person. That, like, you owe me something. Um, so, even if he would have just said, hey, guys. And that's it. Okay, cool. But, to. Ignore us like no one was like we weren't even there. Booker T was kind of rude, Uh, and this wasn't like no one was like hovering around him. He's free to walk around. We're we're in a cage like there's a fence, and they're they're in a parking lot, and he just walks out to his car. Some people were yelling to him, and uh, he just goes, "I'm busy," and then walks right back inside. Uh, Which, whatever. By all means, you're busy. Um, Maybe he was. And that's perfectly fine.
1: Um, yeah, but it's when these but, people uh, are paying money to come see you. I mean, at least acknowledge. Do a wave or something. You know what I mean? I'll tell you
10: what
11: What, what
1: got to me. Uh, Jeff Hart, the Hardys were walking in. Yeah. And I, and I
11: from the cross the fence, just went like that to Jeff. Jeff did it back. I was like, I don't need anything else. I don't need a picture with you. I don't need an autograph. Like That was cool. That was the coolest thing that day to me. So... I I, I do want to say I understand Randy Orton. Uh, Randy stood just a few feet away from us, came out to smoke a cigarette. And there was this guy standing next to us who just kept going, Hey Randy, why are you smoking? Hey Randy, how's your dad? Oh my god. And I was never I was never so (laughs) thankful to be the kind of fan that doesn't bother you like i that's why I'll that's why people say they're busy <laughs> yes. I, I,
1: exactly and
11: i i felt embarrassed to be a wrestling fan at that moment like all right i don't want to be associated with this guy right but so i didn't say anything norton i didn't try and get an autograph nothing i just left him alone but uh
7: i can understand why
11: stuff like that happens even when he had that uh run in with the guy at the gym was taking his picture when he told him not to but, you know i get that stuff i don't want to bother you um you know, you don't owe me anything. Just what you do on a daily basis is, is, uh, is payment enough for the, for the entertainment. So, you know, to ask anything else would be rude of myself.
1: It would be uncivilized. Exactly. Uh, let's go ahead and throw it to the guy who's been in the grill position here. He's late to the show, but you know what? He's always allowed to be. He's a resident anarchist.
9: This fucking guy. There he is.
1: There he is. There he
9: is. There's the I Joker back himself. On my fucking trip yesterday, so like my oh. fucking whole sleep schedule super duper fucked up.
1: Hey, no one wants to hear your excuses, okay? You're on the panel; hey. you're expected to show up and work. Don't give me this. Crap. I'm sorry, G. I'm I sorry. sorry there Holy you go. You're late fuck. for TV. It's yeah, Good. Shit. It's good to see you. The trip went well, I assume.
9: Yeah. I made it home safely. I drove good. from like midnight to like oh, good eight thirty a.m. Who's Amphetamines. It's a hell of a drug. No, coffee <laughs> coffee and pre workout, motherfucker. Coffee and pre workout.
1: Hey, hey, that's what there you go. Um, so we're on the topic right now of best experience of someone you've ever met in the wrestling business. Anybody really cool that you thought, oh man, this was this was better than I'd expected.
9: Foley was beyond super nice, but I met him at a fruitcake eating contest in Santa Claus, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah,
8: okay, I gotta go. That's it. That's
5: it.
9: Oh, wow. I'm dead serious about this. I'm dead serious. He was there two years oh, in a row. God. I went the second year. He got disqualified the first year for cheating and he tried to cheat the second year. And That's it was
1: tremendous. How do
9: you awesome. cheat? Uh he was shoveling like fruitcake into his ugly ass Christmas sweater and trying to hide it in his beard, apparently.
1: So it, <laughs> it was a it was a it was a eating contest.
9: Yes, it was a legit fruitcake eating contest, like fruitcakes you would get from fucking Christmas. <laughs> because it's was, a sound that's dedicated to Christmas, Santa Claus, and there's a big amusement park there. Wow. So that's amazing.
1: That I was not aware of uh, that, that existed.
9: The party, Jeff Hardy is super nice. He was at the Clowns Festival one year in between the TNA and Return to WWE run.
5: Mm-hmm. That was
9: super cool. I walked into an area where I wasn't supposed to be. Security went, hey, you're not supposed to be here. I went, my bad. I walked out for like 10 seconds. The security guard turned the other way. I ran back in with my fucking phone and asked someone if they would take my picture. Chopped it up with them for just a split second. Told him, thank you for inspiring me to be the weirdo I am and for being fucking cool as shit and coming there and performing for us. Told us thank you. Told me, uh, thank you for uh, being a fan and allowing him to still be there and being thankful he could still do what he does. Balls Mahoney was there a prior year, was super nice to talk to, and he clept out my flashlight. Like I had a flashlight walking around this festival so yeah, I he could took see it. in the middle of the night. Yep, clept out it. Completely just ran off with it. But me and him walked around that festival just smoking and fucking talking for hours before he had to wrestle that night. It was super nice. At least to me.
1: Isn't At least it, me. Isn't it cool, though, when you have moments like that that yeah. they, they meet and then exceed expectation? Because like we've all said, we don't expect anything. No one no. owes us anything. But we will say this. When somebody does take time to recognize you or to... You know, give you the hand gesture or what's up or steal a flashlight or, you know, help you help you uh, bypass security guards. It's just fun. It's, it's fun because you get to see that they're human, too. Um, the, the people that I thought was the coolest, uh, Wes Briscoe, was incredibly cool to me. Um, Wes was really cool because I knew we had a mutual friend. And he stopped and he said, oh, yeah, you you know, such and such. And we talked. The Nasty Boys uh, sent me to Menards to go get them garbage cans and lids for their, (laughs) uh, yeah, for their hardcore match. Um, We were up in Detroit, Michigan, and he said, hey, hey, could you go get us some stuff for our hardcore match? I said, well, what do you need? He's like, I want garbage cans and lids. So got in my car, and I went to Menards uh, in Detroit. Had no clue where I was going, um, but I went and I got it. And then I learned uh, how to take the handle off the garbage can, unscrew it, put the tape on the inside so that nobody gets cut cut by the – Yeah, learned all that kind of stuff. So it was was fun. Stepping on the steel chair so nobody gets the lip when they get hit with it. I I did that. Um, Overall, wrestlers are cool people, I think. And I think they – they get inundated so much. I think that's what makes them irritable. Because if you heard that 24 7 all the time and people were nagging at you, even for us, it would get old. But for the fact that they just address it really quickly, I think that goes ahead and that that suffices everybody. Just just acknowledge us. A simple wave, like Renegade was saying, is cool enough for most of us. So Uh, Last thing here, I promise I'm running a little bit over here on time, but uh, I did want to address this because um, uh, Liam brought it up to me and he said, hey, I'd really like to talk about this and I respect it completely and it slipped my mind and I don't know how, I'm a a bad wrestling fan, but um, but Bobby Eaton, uh, beautiful Bobby, um, he passed away and I listened to the Jim Cornette Experience, which is something I don't listen to very often. Um, but it was very hard for Jim to get through. And when you learn about somebody and Bobby was an amazing person. Um, for some of you who may or may not know, Bobby married Bill Dundee's daughter and Bill Dundee had told his daughter that you're going to stay away from wrestling. You're not going to marry any of the boys. You're not going to date any of the boys. You're not going to go out with any of the boys. Well, when she found out that she was dating Bobby, uh, Bill said, If you were going to date somebody in the wrestling business, you pick the very best of the very best. And he gave his blessing. And Bobby has been nothing but a wonderful husband, wonderful father, wonderful family member, and a absolute pro in the industry. And had no uh, diva aspect of him, even though he absolutely could have because he's one of the greatest of all time. I remember growing up watching him do the Alabama Jam. Um, and then I obviously remember him working with Lord Steven Regal. I thought he was just awesome. And every single person who I have talked to since his passing have said that Bobby was one of the most influential people in their careers. So I'm going to go around the table here. And if anybody feels free to share any memories of of Bobby, feel free to go ahead and and just talk away. He's one of the
10: greatest wrestlers ever hands down. He's like Owen Hart where, like, it seems like I have never heard a bad thing said about Bobby Eaton. I cannot think of a bad, like, anybody motherfucking Bobby Eaton.
9: No. No. He could work with a fucking broomstick, dude. And he's also one of the people my mom would tell me about when I was coming up. She's like, you know who I used to come up on? Bobby Eaton's name came up time and fucking time again, dude. Religiously. So, and... You know, my mom had a fucking thing for, you know, like, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, etc. My mom liked people who would fucking work. Like, she liked characters, she liked the music shit, but if you couldn't actually work, she'd give a fuck. (laughs) She instilled that in me. So, you know, it's the name I've heard my entire life. Mr. Butt.
7: Eaton will go down as one of the most all-time underrated wrestlers. Agreed. Nobody ever talks about him. And that's unfortunate. But, I mean he was doing stuff long before other people were and uh, but you don't ever hear anything about him and and that's that's a shame really uh, I know I knew a little bit about him not a lot about him and unfortunately I guess I'm, I'm probably one of those people who's more of a fan now since he passed because I really you know, thought about him a little bit more and looked up some matches and whatnot I mean Jesus he was he was a stud and, uh, just wish more people knew.
1: No, I agree completely. Liam, your thoughts?
4: Um. Yeah. I mean, this sucked because we knew, you know, his wife had died a few weeks prior to that, and um, you know, they.
5: It's
4: like him and his wife, and Arnold Anderson and uh, his wife. Probably the longest married couples in wrestling today, and they're both. They're both best friends, so this has got to be killing Arn right now. And it's killing Jim Cornette. And I haven't listened to the episode yet, um, you know, because I'm sure I'm going to get emotional listening to it. And um, the thing is, uh, Bobby Eaton, you know, he's a guy like Owen Hart. Uh, Nobody ever had anything bad to say about him. Salt of the earth kind of guy. Incredible worker and he looked like one of those guys that you know he he didn't have he didn't have the chisel body or anything but at the same time he he could go out there and outwork anybody and you know just look like he looked like a an average kind of guy that you would see in a bar that might pick a fight or something but he was like the nicest guy in the world but he could he could just he could go out there and just just have an excellent match and I didn't get the privilege of getting to see him in his prime, um, the Jim Crockett years or anything like that, or the Mid-South or anything like that. But um, the stuff I did see, uh, especially, you know, when he was Earl Robert Eaton with the, in the Blue Bloods with uh, <laughs> Stephen Regal, yeah. which was, it, it was it was great, even even though it was like, you know, toned down from what he could do. and um, And then I went back and I started watching some of the stuff like the you know night of the skywalkers and Starcade with them uh midnight express against road warriors and i got to see them against rock and roll express and against fantastics and just all the great stuff he did and and i can't say enough good stuff and it's it's really unfortunate that we lost him this young um and one of the good guys in wrestling and uh we're all gonna miss him i think
1: um, Jim Cornett, in that episode, I'm not going to give too many spoilers away if you want to go oh, ahead and check that out still, but he just fine. said that he knew Bobby had had been having some health issues for a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just, a lot of people were, were worried because they were worried if anything were to happen, he would die of a broken heart because his wife was gone. I mean, I think a lot of people were worried with Terry uh, Funk yeah. as well. I mean, when you're married to somebody for... Mm, 30 some odd 40 some odd years that's the majority of your life and for something like that to be devastating to somebody and that literally can can take somebody down and I I completely would understand that um but he had some health issues and I guess he had taken a fall and that he had gone to the hospital and then they discharged him and he went home and then um he got the phone call Jim did so it sucks it's horrible I the things that wrestlers put their bodies through, I mean, especially on this program, it, it's been talked about a lot, but 50s and the 60s, I mean, people aren't even ready to retire at that point who work in the working class like all of us, but these guys, it seems like 50s and 60s is like late 70s, 80s for a wrestler if you're going to compare it, and um, It's tough. It sucks. The older you get, the more people that you lose, that you grew up with and that you watched. It stings because you realize that a part of what you knew is gone and uh, it doesn't get any easier. But I know there's a lot of Bobby Eaton fans out there. So on behalf of FRM, FSN, everybody on our panel, um, our thoughts and condolences go to the, the millions of fans And the friends and everybody who's been graced by Bobby Eaton. Um, The one thing I will say is he's reunited with his wife. They are on to the next chapter. And uh, everyone is pain free. And uh, the hard part is the people left behind. That's the hard part. So, Indeed. Anything else? Anyone else would like to talk about anything on your mind? Any last topics? Concerns? Anything? The floor is open
9: proud of Moondog. yes yeah. proud of moondock i really wanted to vocalize that that yeah. proud of him for making a fucking move and doing what he feels best for him and his career that's like yeah. fuck two thumbs up dude proud of you so
7: thank like, we're all you know, we have, for you too but
9: yeah <laughs> you have an entire fucking fan base nationally already like <laughs>
10: let's do it thank you i uh i
1: appreciate that a lot You're one of the nice ones. You're one of the good guys. And I tell you what, you you haven't changed. And I don't think you are the type of person that would change. You seem to be just um, really grateful. And it's happy to see good people succeed. And uh, there's good guys out there. So at the end of the day, every time you step in that ring, it's all of us there with you because we can't do it. But we'll live vicariously
4: through you.
7: And maybe my T-shirt will clear customs one day. (laughs) And I'll be able to wear it. Yeah, like six
4: months. Six months.
7: Um, yeah, I was gonna
4: say, I was gonna say, Moon Like, it's it's good to branch out, and I'm glad that you're uh, getting to that point where you're ready to take the next step. And um, world's your oyster at this point because you you can do anything you want now. You're right. not held down anywhere, so just just go for it. We all got faith in you, and uh, I think you got this.
10: Thank you. I appreciate and just, that. And just Bro.
1: remember, when you're headlining a major pay per view, I'm just going to throw this out right now. Remember. I'd like a free tickets. action figure, and I'd like some <laughs> tickets. Of course. Of oh. course. By the way, I got my action figures right here with me. I was, uh, I was playing Super Kick Party uh, uh, when, in when the, the, the show started. With them?
10: I was rearranging my toy shelf, looking at my AEW section, so go something. Th- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I still gotta replace those bucks. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, gonna have to make up book. for this.
10: No, us. it's fine, man.
1: Yeah, Boog, Boog, <laughs> what's what's up with the Boogster? The Boogster is supposed to be hooking everybody up. He said he went to his local target and he found all of Series oh. Six. Do you have no Him idea? and Rit
4: are gonna kill each other. I just know that much.
1: Rit texted me. He said yeah. I, can't, I can't believe Boog had the audacity to take a picture. <laughs> and then he said, sorry, I already left. Yep. And it was just like <laughs> anyway. Hey.
10: Oh, my God. I'd, I'd be uh, sticking a mac and cheese this week if <laughs> I saw those there.
1: All right, guys. For Moondog, Greg Murray, our resident professional wrestler. For the renegade, Lorenzo Lamos. For our resident anarchist, Anton, we're glad you're safe and healthy and you're back at home. For the Ass Man. And for Liam Sanders. Chester Rockwell a.k.a. Chester Rockwell. I am Mike Creelan. On behalf of The RIT, we are so glad that you guys decided to use part of your Tuesday evening to join us. Remember, don't forget, big, big show coming up Saturday night, PPW. Um, They're going to be having their pay-per-view. All you got to do is go to PPW uh, You go ahead and click on the word shop. It's Uh, the link that says tickets and then aerial arsenal. You're going to go ahead and be able to find all the ticket information right there. Once again, Saturday, August the 14th, they have rows two and three right now. Um, So go ahead and get your tickets. We are going to be having the pre-show. We're going to be going into it. Um, Yes. We're gonna be going into that more guests starting next week. Again, we're taking a little bit of a, little of a break here, but uh, we'll be back at it. We got so much going on in the month of September, October, November, December. I'm already booked through until January, which I'm really excited about. So, so many different things. FSN is taking off. And if you did like the promo off that we had earlier on in the episode, check it out on demand. As soon as we go off the air, we're going to be having more of those. So, for everybody on the panel, once again... I am Mike Freeland. Is there anybody that we should raid right now? Who is on right now? Is our good friend's um, the total nonstop Impact podcast? Can somebody check and see who's on right now?
10: I don't think they're ever on the slate. It's usually just reruns of old Impact shows.
1: Cool. Okay. No, well, at this point, we'll just let it go. Guys, we'll catch you next week on FSN and Front Room Material.
7: They're in